Good evening all, welcome to the latest episode of the Endless Celts podcast, we are on episode 184 now, creeping up yeah, on that 200, four. we'll hit you get one of the couple of century shirts or something like that, creeping mm-hmm. up now 200, it's not just a normal pod, big one today, big build up to the, the, the cup final on Sunday, uh, Stephen's back, how are we doing mate? All good, all good, it's been a manic couple of weeks and you all know, but I might as well tell everybody, me and my partner welcomed a, a baby girl into the world and it's just been crazy getting things settled and sorted hospital trips staying overnight her becoming unwell but all's looking up now and we're all getting there and it's just a, a beautiful time and now we're looking forward to the Celtic match against Sevco in the Fab Play League Cup final Willie and he's been tuning in still every pod dying to get his dying to get his <laughs> word in and he's back he's back chatting now uh, we've got Ross here as well how we doing mate I'm good mate uh I'm just admiring your all new surroundings there. Absolutely superb. It's looking well. I, as well, Ross, you big thank you to you because you've got this all sorted for me. But yeah, I got the shop. Ah, but you've, you've added the wee touches there. I like it. It's it's looking getting the part. Uh, but I wasn't to be on the night and looking ahead to what is probably our biggest game of the season. So well, I probably I it is. I think I think Jed might be hearing some audio problems. So I'll let him oh, deal with that. Aye. Aye, yes, <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I didn't even click there. Can you not hear us, Jeff? I don't think he can even hear us, can he? I think he waved. Can you hear us now? Can he hear it? Can he hear? We'll jump on and we'll, we'll carry on and just see if he can. Aye. If he can stop oh, yeah. Um So, <clears throat> aye. Cup final weekend. I this is the longest fucking week in my life. Oh, <laughs> it's dragged in. Honestly. Absolutely dragged in. And then it's not even it's not even like the Saturday, so I can't even get buzzing the day. I'm just gonna just mope about like like the what's the, what's the hangy? What's the meme with the boys sitting about the big famous Oh on the bench? Oh the narcos guy. <laughs> uh, what do you call him again? Uh, I can't even his name. Uh, I his name. That's gonna be me all day tomorrow anyway. How do you mind his name? There he, oh, he is. Hi, we can hear you. It's a bit jumpy, but we can hear you. Hi. I don't know what happened there. Sorry. That's all right. That's totally We're all, all right. good. Got, I've just introduced the other two, so aye, the, the secret's out. Jed's on the night. Uh, <laughs> big drama last time, and everybody was loving his, his chat and his input, so we've got him back on the night. How are you, Jed? I'm great, Wally. Thank you. Just thought, what's happened there? I'm, I'm not good with. <laughs> Technology, my daughter had to come running up the stairs oh, and try right. and fix it for me. You're all so right, you're all the exact same with technology, to be fair. <laughs> There's been a lot of <laughs> Sorry, aye. So, aye, John, the final, I was saying, aye, I'm going to be like Escobar the morning. Can't wait Escobar, Sunday, that's it. Sitting about <laughs> just staring at was waiting for the morning. He's <laughs> there. <laughs> on a Sunday. So, uh, I thought the first piece we could go through is just the journey to the final. I'll just kind of go through the game. So, our first game we played was uh, Ross County. Um, and I think this was this was a game that it, it was the first time he kind of made like it pretty much changed the whole first 11 that was when Seagrass was in Welsh and all that came in and I think that's maybe the start I don't know if it's a fair point Jed I'll come to you that it's, it's um, well, the start of kind of showing us about the squad depth uh, at the time we, we, we completely changed the 11 and we got a 4-1 four, four victory I know because Jens was playing that game and Stephen you won't, won't want to hear this mate this is the game that Aaron Moy was outstanding <laughs> Never from it. he just went on and it was a very very good performance 
So it was, I mean, I think it was McGregor got the first, um, Jackamakis, Forrest got one. Aye, Forrest, aye. And Maeda got one as well. Can't remember who got aye, 4-1, but I thought we were outstanding when when you look, because like you say, Seagrass was in goals for that game. He was in goals for the next game, but then got injured, so he's not been in when we played the semi-final, he wasn't in goals. That's interesting, actually. Do you think, is he back fit? I don't think I he is. Well, no, is he not? Because really? no, that, that would be interesting if he was fit again. Uh, not really. Thought, right? I know he was uh, running about Instagram taking pictures of his missus in all these different countries. I think he's meant to be injured, so I don't know what's going on. He's a maverick, An absolute maverick. Fair play, fair play. Stephen, we made, I think we made like 10, 11 changes that game. It obviously didn't work the next again time. <laughs> Ange did mm. it and it was our only domestic defeat this season. Do you think he's... Do you think that made them kind of step back and, and say, oh, because since then it's been two or three changes here, but there's never been wholesale changes. I mean, t- to be fair, like the, that game in particular up at uh, Ross County was probably meant to be on paper one of the most difficult ties we could have had in, in a cup game because it's a one-off tie and obviously anything can happen. But the squad depth, as you said, and Jed alluded to the fact that Aaron Moy had a, a cracking game. And I mean, let's be fair, let's be fair, but I have given praise the last couple of weeks. So yeah. when he's good, I'll, I'll praise him. When he's shit, I'll give him the both files like I always do. But um, I think that the whole squad depth thing is interesting because I'm looking at the goal scorers here. Jack and Macus, for one, no longer with us. And he's went and he's actually said in both his Atlanta press conferences, how bad, well, pointing the how bad that position is in the SPFL and saying, Thanks for much, Trent. Saying that there's uh, going to be different champions in the MLS. And a lot of people took Humbreys to what he said. But in theory, he's right. These teams and these oppositions are Celtic should be beating them quite easily. That, let's be fair. And most of the teams show up with a low block. And he scored in that game. Mieta scored James Forrest, who's been in and out. He, he started the last uh, Glasgow Derby game out of the blue. Don't know what Hans was thinking there because he was absolutely <laughs> terrible. So hopefully that doesn't happen again. But the, the squad death thing is something we have. I think what Ange has learned, especially against St. Mirren, I'm saying what Ange has learned, like I'm a philosopher, but you know what I mean? Hmm. I think what, what he's what he's kind of took back and he's thought to himself, maybe if we're going to make changes, drop three or four out instead of six or seven because the continuity of a team can be disrupted. The flow of a team can be disrupted. So if you keep in your, your key core players and kind of build the roundup with different players coming in, whether it's Moy, whether it's McCarthy or whoever it may be coming into the team, then it should to do better but as you said that the Ross County game it was pivotal to the fact that as I said at the beginning it could have been a hard one up up there do you know I mean it's Dingwall's tough for us to go right. Ralston got that last last minute winner last season and different things have happened for Celtic at that ground but yeah to come away 4-1 with effectively a second string side was brilliant Aye Aye excellent I think it was an interesting point I'd like to hear Ross's his, uh, opinions on that as well about how he's made wholesale changes there I think the only other thing was St. Man and then it's kind of not happened since uh, even though we did have a run of games where it was every two or three days we were playing but uh, I'll go into the next game first of all uh, we then got Motherwell scored another four goals uh, I'd like to hear your opinion on that Ross as well they're just scoring goals for fun I, I feel like it, it doesn't matter if we go two or three down you still think we're in, we're in with a chance of winning the game because we're just that free free flowing but uh, that game was uh, a bad away a double um, Hatati and Kyogo but I. We've been free scoring, and, and just a wee opinion on the, the, the wholesale changes. And do you think that St. Mirren kind, kind of gave him a bit of fright? And then because he, he's not made a massive amount of changes like that since, um, well, I in terms of that, I think, I think it again, like Stephen, I'm no here to 
tell Ange what to do. But I think off the back of the St Mirren game, he has learned. I think at the time when we lost that game, that people started to question, was the depth as good? I think, obviously, in the time since then, I think it's been proved that the depth is as good, but it's good in the sense of bringing three substitutes on. But you can't tinker right. too much with that main 11. Obviously, Barr, we'll probably come on to it later on, talk about the lineup predictions, but it, there's a couple of positions where you could argue... Does Abada come in? Does Maeda drop out? Does Jota drop out? Does O'Reilly come in? And does Moy drop out? Things like that. But in general, you've got to stick with your, what we all perceive, I would say, as our strongest 11, bar one or two. Obviously, I've mm. said that would be up for debate. I think he has learned that you can't totally change, totally change the team. And me and you at the time, Wally, made the argument off the back of the, the Ross County game that we've just spoke about there. Aye. in the sense that we were saying well it's maybe not that because he made all the changes there and it worked you, you don't know but I, I think he's he's took a stance now where I'm not taking that chance again it, it, he got his fingers burnt if you like so he's not going to take a chance on that again so I'm quite happy the way he's going about it now and he is he's sticking with the, the, the same 11 for the most part um, but all the guys are still getting game time all the guys that are on not even the periphery because the way he even talks in his interviews he, he talks as if well if he gets asked the question is this guy on the, the fringes and he's like well no they're, they're all part of the squad Aye. I can't even mean the exact words but I've heard them talking like that yep. but in terms of like say <clears throat> the Motherwell game the Ross County game I think the two games the sort of the two games are very similar they, they went in a similar vein to how recent games have went. Like, say, the St. Mirren game where we won 5-1. You, you got a couple of... Maybe that's a bad example because we're only up 1-0, but the, um, you got a couple of goals in front uh, early on and and then later on, the, the game sort of levels out a bit and then you think, oh, this is going to be a, a, a hassle-free 2-0, as Franny says. Uh, but then, again... You bring guys on. Even when we started with the, the, the perceived weaker team, you brought guys on the Ross County game and it gave you that lift and we got a couple of late goals. The Motherwell game, we started with a stronger team. You brought guys on and then you got later goals again. I, I think Hattati maybe got the third and like inside the sixth. It was about 50-odd minutes, but you sort of get my sentiments in the sense that there was that middle part of the game where it didn't quite totally click but yeah. then you make the subs and that's what we're doing the now there's a couple of games it's not totally clicked in the middle part of the game and I think uh, I was going to say tomorrow Sunday I think um, we have to be on our guard about that because I, I think Celtic will start fast and strong but that middle part of the game similar to the game at Ibrox we can't let it level out we need to keep our levels all the time or we could get caught out like we did uh, but aye, in terms of the games, two Premier League op- opposition, and yep. we disposed of them with absolute ease. And mm-hmm. uh, what is it? Three three teams we've played for the Premier League, and yep. we've made light work of them all. Well, it's interesting you say that because I'm going to go into the next game, which is the the semi final, Jed, and it was, it was I think it was a bit of a different game than the other two uh, 
a two 0 a comfortable two 0 win in the end, like uh, Ross is saying, Franny says. But there's a bit of a different performance. Um, <coughs> Kelly came out a bit more. I think we got a, a, a quite a, a fortunate goal with Maeda, uh, but it was wonderful to see Lafferty here yeah. <laughs> yeah. it. Um, and then a late farewell goal, and then by uh, Gigi, it was a bit of a different performance that semi final. Yeah, but memory serves me right, but was it not absolutely pouring? Aye, it was awful. Night. And the so Hamden was, Park was horrendous as well. Conditions were terrible. Come man went off to a flying start, you know, because Hart made a, a decent save. But after that, I just felt we did control the game. And like you said, yep. the guy to make, for Lafferty to make that mistake <laughs> was just fantastic. <laughs> and then Jack and scored in injury time to just finish the game off. You know, that was his. His last goal for the club, and that's him. You know, no, no more. Not bad. Farewell. To be fair, um, but I, well, also as well when you th- you mentioned we've played three three Premier League teams, yep. we have scored ten goals. Ten goals in the season. Conceded one. You know, so <clears throat> you take it average. You know, three point three. You'll take three point three goals that Sunday. Aye. Oh, aye. Oh, that's right. You know, we're going to that later, but I think we might get there. But I by the way. Sorry, Wally. See that uh, the just talking about the Kyle Lafferty mistake. Was that his final act in Scottish football? Aye. Well, yeah, because he is at a club. He's at a club where I live now, Limfin, literally up the street, up the road from me. And what's funny about that thing? Remember McInnes was doing the whole. He was doing star jumps outside his office. Aye. Sorry, but fuck off, Lafferty. You're shite. You're playing in the Irish league now. You're muck. We are. Absolutely that was the best because the, the media and the whole build up to it was that he's obviously served <coughs> his 10 game ban for the, the old sectarian singing and all the rest yeah. of it and uh, it was his first game back written in the stars all the rest of it he's been doing star jumps out, outside the office and then he's went and made that mistake and got hooked at half time brilliant but uh, aye Ross Chad made a great point there about how we've, you, you mentioned that three Premier League teams but we've scored 10 goals um, not only that 10 goals <coughs> in the three games it's seven different scorers um, right? which I think is pretty. That's some research. What we've done, what we've been doing all season in the league, also the, the leagues are kind, of, the goals are kind of spread out, and again, it shows the depth. Um, what did you think of that game, the, the semi final, and, and what about that start? I mean, ten goals is incredible, but for seven different scorers as well. Aye, that's that's brilliant, and that again, that that sort of shows the 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 threat, the attacking options we've got from midfield to front and even I don't know if I can't remember the scorers I don't know if one of them was a defender or that but aye the they, they options we've got from middle to front are unbelievable and in terms of that game I think obviously Kilmarnock they did have a bit of a go it was a semi-final it was a one-off game you expect them to do that and they did start the game well Celtic didn't but then they got the goal took control of the game. They made a lot of chances. It wasn't like they missed guilt-edge chances throughout the match. But, like Jed said, they, they controlled the game. And then, <clears throat> towards the end again, where they weren't really seeing the game out. They were still playing their football. Eh, but it wasn't always coming off. And Kilmarnock get that possible penalty. Again, I, I said at the time, I didn't think it was a penalty. I still maintain that. But it's one of the ones that's right on the edge. I totally understand why guys think it is a penalty and why some think it isn't. It's one of the ones it could go either way. It goes Celtic's way for once. 
And then we go up the park, Jack and Marcus. I think that was was that his final goal for Celtic? Was Possibly. Fair. I think final. it was. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you, you, you put your team into a final and then you leave. It's, it's bittersweet, but it's just what he's all about scoring goals. <laughs> um, aye, but that's what he was all about. And again, in the end, you have to say it was a comfortable 2 0 win, but that possible penalty sort of makes it. I thought it allowed people to build a false narrative that the game was tighter than it actually was. Derek McInnes, like asking for the referee to oh, do his job and stuff like that. I mean, come on. Celtic had. And I know Derek McInnes is no involved in every one of them, but the many bad decisions that have went against Celtic, that was right on the edge. It could have went either way. We got it. It wasn't one where it's absolutely blatant that Celtic haven't got it or have been given against them. So I wasn't too fast. We got the win. We're in the final. And we've got a big day on Sunday to look ahead to. Aye, absolutely, mate. Um, <clears throat> just the last thing in that game, Stephen, Gigi's farewell, do you think... I don't know if we've kind of touched on it much since because it was kind of out with the transfer window that he's gone, but do you think it's bittersweet? Do you think most fans kind of have went the other way, kind of Brendan Rodgers' way and, and ousting him and like, away you go anyway? Or do you think it's it's kind of like a, aye, a bittersweet moment where it's like, I wish we kept holding him? I think like in terms of the game itself, we're going to the Yakimakis that as Jed said, the pitch was horrible. Remember, we were on the next next day after, and the pitch was absolutely horrendous. And hopefully, it's fixed for this uh, showpiece final that we're all everyone's trying to portray, the media's trying to put across. But in terms of uh, Jack and Magus, I think what a lot of people feel, like struggle to cope with is the the truth he's saying. He's went to the MLS in the first couple of press conferences. He does. He, you know what the media do over here? They try and blow it up, make a headline. When you read his quotes. That, by the way. Yeah, the, you read his quotes and he's just basically saying that Celtic are expected to win every game. Teams play a low block and he's he's look, look forward, looking forward to playing in a league with more space and more opportunities to, to score goals, which is fair enough. And we all know the Scottish League isn't the best and it's up to the teams around us to improve. It's not up to Celtic to improve the rest of the teams in Scottish football. I think the whole, the shake talk that you get from managers about budgets and about things and about players, about who you have at disposal, it's an excuse culture that their players in their, in their squads fall under as well because they see the games against the, the big two, so to speak, as ones that they can take a free hit. And if I was a fan of Hearts or Dundee United or Hibs and my manager said that, I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? You go out and you play and you try and win. You don't make excuses about budgets. I mean, I know where we go in the Champions okay. League and to be fair, we do talk about budgets an awful lot, but we're, we're expected to compete. We don't go in being like the budget's one thing, but we put the, the playing side to another. If you're on the pitch, 11, 11 against 11, anything can happen. And Scottish football sometimes for me falls into its own downfall with feeling sorry for ourselves. We don't have the best facilities, best training grounds, best infrastructure. It's up to the owners of them, respective clubs, to improve their teams. Celtic can only be where they're at. And if teams play for low block and players will get bored of that and want to move on, it's just the natural product of the game. I've seen it with so many players over the years, you know what I mean? Yakimakis, to me, he was fatal in that run in last season when Kyogo got injured. Yep. Absolutely fatal. And probably without him, let's be honest, it may not have went <laughs> as easily as it did in the end because didn't have Kyogo back until the latter mm-hmm. end of the season. And then who would you play in the middle? So I'll always respect him for what he done. He's not a Celtic legend by, by any means, like, but he scored a lot of meaningful goals, one-touch finishes, 
bicycle kicks, hat tricks. A striker, a good striker while he was here, and I thought he did, did the shirt justice. And I do wish him well at Atlanta. And I don't think the comparisons are people taking what he said in the media. Like, come on, like, what do you want them to say? The Scottish League is amazing. The Scottish League is It's absolutely <laughs> fish. I love I've it, Lynch. I've said before as well, the Scottish League gets put down all the time. All the time. Yeah. And all, it's a farmer's league. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, Liverpool got an absolute football lesson off Real Madrid after going 2 nothing. They did, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I watch a lot of English football. Some of the games, I, I would put you Ross. to sleep. Aye, Ross. You know, I watched, mm-hmm. I watched the Motherwell Hearts game on Sunday. Now, from a pure neutral, was it the greatest game of football? No. But I enjoyed it. You know, it was action, but you know, I enjoyed it. I think we, including my, myself, we do put Scottish football down a lot. But there are actually mm. some decent games. It's not that it's no Barcelona Real Madrid. That's no Cadersell. But we're actually not bad. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I totally agree. I'm not putting the the football no, landscape down that, in general. The, like, but what what I'm saying is, it's it's aye, it's the mainstream media. You ever listen to like your man Condi and Talk Sport or people in Sky Sports? I mean, the Sky Sports coverage of the Scottish League is is absolutely symbolic. And we're expected yeah. to pay top top dollar to watch watch them give, give us our football, and it's, it's absolutely <laughs> shocking. But what I meant in general was that, like, you see managers like McInnes, Martin Dale, Lee Johnson, Robbie Nielsen. It's a free hit. It's a free hit. We we'll go in. Do you know what I mean? If you want to build the reputation, you go into these games trying to win. Do you know what I mean? You try and put what you have out there on the pitch and a bit of expansive football. You've got the players to do it. And I just think sometimes, as I said, there's the Scottish League and Scottish football teams have been it. Are their own downfall at times, and that's why the product, especially when they get into European football. I mean, Motherwell getting beat by Sligo Rovers. Jesus Christ. Sligo Rovers aren't even the best team in the League of Ireland. They're like they're middle six, if even that. So, like, come on, there has to be an upward kind of trend here with the Scottish League, or other players like Jack and Michaels will throw the head up and be like, I want out of here. Yeah, well, Rumors are true. Backtrack and not leave. And Anne says, No, you told me you were going, so I've got a boy coming in. Bye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Aye. So, I absolutely couldn't have been that. Couldn't have been that bad for him if he wanted to stay again. Mm-hmm. Aye, I don't think he's he's not wanted to leave because Scottish football shit. He's wanted to what? leave because he's he's want more game time. He's I like Jed says he might have possibly he might possibly be on more money. I don't know, but I don't think it was in terms of the Scottish league. I think it was just game time and feeling underappreciated, if you like. No, for the fans by any stretch, but. I mean that's it's difficult for for me. I'm I'm just surmising. I don't know if that's exactly what it was because I dare say I don't think Ange would make you feel underappreciated. No, I I, I think I think for me possibly the same token. He did also come out and say like I'm not here to make oh, make your cups of tea and all that. You're 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 like <laughs> this is you're you're well off. Mm-hmm. You're at one of the biggest clubs in the world. Do your job. So mm-hmm. I, like I know that's not the way football nowadays. But uh, aye, no, it's an interesting one. But aye, yeah, Stephen about Gigi's last goal, and it and ends up like a half hour rant about the state of Scottish football. <laughs> yeah. But that's but that's what but that's what the, that's what they, the, the record or until oh, all the newspapers blew up in their headlines. That's By what the they way, ran with. You know what I mean? Because what they actually said, it was really interesting because I seen I look I seen the, the headline on it was on Facebook or something. I was fucking through and it was the record, and the headline was. Um, 
Yakamakis hits back at Celtic for uh, and says yeah. he's, going, he's going to a more competitive league. And then when I went in and read the actual, and by the way, I looked at the comments and everybody was like, "I good riddance, saw the rest of it." And then when I looked at the the quotes from him, it was genuinely like, "I'm coming to a league where a new team wins it every season. It's more competitive in the fact that it's there's more than one or two teams going for the championship." He's never said anything <laughs> negative towards Celtic in any way. And by the way, they talk about Farmers League. Has anybody out with Man City or Liverpool won the Premier League in the last six, seven years or something? How long ago has it been since it was a Man City or a Liverpool? Aye. But that's not a Chelsea. Farmers League. Chelsea. Leicester. 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 Oh, Aye, Aye, Leicester was, was 2016. Ago, I think Leicester was 2016 or 17. Yeah, it was. So you, you talk about <laughs> a Farmers League being a, a league that only one or two teams won every season. Well, Aye. that's what's happening in the Premier League right now. So, Aye, nonsense. Anyway, let's move on to... Hopefully Arsenal win it, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ross, I'll come to you first on this one. And that's the, the these awkward uh, photo opportunities with, with Ange and Mr. Beal that we've had coming in. I think it's been... And again, the media, you could tell Ange just wasn't wanting to be there at all. Just, <laughs> right. I've seen loads of memes where it, or memes where it's pictures of the two of them and it's like the two people that didn't like each other at the headmaster's office and all the rest of it because the two of them just don't even look at each other interesting the media getting involved again um, what the, how did you feel about it putting them together just to get this photo opportunity I, I thought it was well if Celtic were playing <clears throat> if Celtic were playing Hibs for talking sake in the final and they put Ange and Lee Johnson together I would find it weird I would find it what is the point so for to put Beal and Ange together is like totally bizarre. It was, it was. I don't know who suggested it, and when he did suggest it, that he wasn't fucked out the meeting, and I don't know who agreed to it. It, it, it was a, just a total weird one, and it was needless. Both managers didn't want to be there, but I think Beal probably put on the better face and made it look like he was. Interested? I mean, people are. People could read in to their facial expressions to the what are we reading here? Covered in arms. And by the way, that is summed up perfectly. What an analogy! But people will try and read into their their facial expressions and their um, all that kind of thing. You know what I'm so you know what I'm saying? And draw their own analogies for it. Nobody's officially going to know how the two of them felt but for me it was weird, it was needless but at the same time for a sort of media point of view and bigging up the game, it's got everybody talking about it more Yeah, That would be brilliant right across the table for each other Oh aye, that'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> or Sutton and Beal. Aye, we'll get on to all that later on as well. But aye, very, very weird situation. Uh, that, but, but again, for obviously for a promotional sort of point of view, similar to what Russell's just said there, in terms of promoting the game, it's got everybody talking about it even more, and it's well more so that than the actual game, but it's still, it's keeping the attention, not that it needs to get keep the attention on it, but, I mean, people are watching this build up, and we'll be watching the game all around the globe, and I, I just felt it was a wee bit embarrassing. Aye, aye. 
Jed, what are your thoughts now? Obviously, there's been a bit of needling going on between the two, that and kind of with this Beal. Beal, see with Beal giving it this lucky man thing recently, and Ange has been kind of throwing a few clips in about the whole lucky man thing going back and forth. Do you think the media were just trying to get them together and hoping for a bit of fireworks? I, I do think I think it was, but I, I, you know what? It, it looked like a married couple going to marriage guidance counselling. <laughs> <didn't know> <laughs> Embarrassing. It was, you, it, it was if Poster Coglu was like that. Is that t- really sitting next to me? <laughs> Bill, I can see when I look at Bill, I I think he's going to he can explode at the the touchline a bit like Lennon, where Andy's Aye. more calm <clears throat> and everything, and he's trying to get one over on Ange. Mm. And the worst mistake he's ever done is trying to go in with Chris Sutton. Chris Sutton will destroy him. I mean, you've seen him when he's been on, when BT Sports had the, the coverage. He would just put people in their place. He's quite an intimidating guy, Chris Sutton. Yeah. And Bill, somebody needs to pull him aside and say, look, don't take Chris Sutton on. He's on Radio 5 Live. National can say that. He's got. He's on Twitter all the time. I mean, that comment about stop making a mountain out of molehill. Oh, that's a genius, man. That's what you're up against. So, Bill, you're still young. Learn from it and just sit back. I think he's a bit out of his depth of the whole mind games. It's a bit like Keegan oh. going up against Ferguson yeah. back in the day. But um, I think that's a perfect uh, analogy of the two of them. And, and Bill's definitely the one, if that's the case, that's wanting to go to the marriage counselling because he was there and Angie's the one that's sitting like, oh, she's fucking made me go. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, what's your thoughts on the whole situation, the whole photo opportunity? I've never seen a bigger push from the mainstream media to get a manager liked more than I do with Bale. I've never, ever seen it. They push this guy to the help like he's the next messiah and they have the cheek to put him up against Pasta Coglu like they're on the same pedestal or the same planet in terms of coaching and managing a football team. The, the, the photos going around is, is incredible. I mean, yeah, that was a cracker, the whole uh, marriage council thing, and that, that's unbelievable. <laughs> like, And it, I've seen the whole body language experts were coming in saying Michael Beale was dominant. He was head up, shoulders back, wearing a suit, and Posta Coglu slumped over, disinterested. He was probably disinterested because he's sitting beside the biggest bastard in football right now in terms of Michael Beale. So, I mean, this guy... Is nowhere near the pedigree of Posta Coglu. He's managed QPR in the championship. He ditched him at the first t- time of asking. He's came to Rangers, well, Sevco Rangers, whatever people want to call them, whatever your preference is. Yeah, he's unbeaten in that, but again, it's the type of teams he's up against. They're expected to win these games. The goal difference, he always bangs on about he, he inherited the nine point uh, disadvantage. Well, in terms of the nine points, that's remained the same, and the goal difference has got bigger. So the guy has, the, the man to me has a, inferiority complex he's trying to be something he's not and I think what, what's more telling about this whole situation is he has no control over his players at the minute at Ibrox or Tesco's ever it was going to be I mean Sakala coming out with stupid comments about when we play Celtic we want to hurt them we want to destroy them and we're the best team we'll prove we're the best team and then other players Raskin that he's only signed for the club in the January transfer window saying they're the best team in Scotland I, mean, I know Jack Amakis did it he's, but Jack Amakis said one thing Sakala so went on a full rant, a full article about how they're the best team in Scotland, how this should have happened, how Gerrard should have won whatever amount of trophies. And 
if I was Bale in that situation, like Bale, to me, we all know he's got coaching credentials, right? That, that's fair enough. Everyone who's worked with him said he's a great coach. But he doesn't strike me the type of person who's saying to his players, look, put a bit of, bit of wind in the newspapers here, put a bit of wind in the media. He doesn't seem to be that kind of character. I know he said some things to Anne's in terms of being lucky in that, but I think you want to keep the rest in-house. But Sakala, he's basically done the team talk for Celtic. He's, he's, he's done the whole... He's hyped the boys up and saying all that kind of we want to destroy you stuff. Do you know what I mean? That, that, that's mental. And the, the photo situation again, it's, it's trying to... It's trying to make it a competition between them two. I've never seen them. Even when Jared was here, when, when Rogers was here, they didn't get a big push like Bill's getting. Bill has came into this Rangers club and he's been healed literally as the next massive manager coming out of football, a tactician expert. He knows his players really well and all this, blah, blah, blah. And then Posse Coglu, it's like he's looking at this guy being like, why... Why the hell they put me up against it? Why did they made me come into this room and sit in these crappy chairs and get pictures done for five minutes? And again, I might say something controversial here, but I'm just going to say it because I've long been on tonight. So mm-hmm. I think what we heard during the week, and I know I'm going to get heatness from the Australian pundit guy, Andy Maher, who is close to Pasta Cogley. There is no smoke without fire in that comment, and he would not have said something if he didn't have wind. Of anything, and I think there is. You're following the patch. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I mean, let's be fair here, Ross. The Leeds United, Leeds United saying your man Javier Garcia on a flexible contract. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? And the rumours we're hearing is obviously at the end of the season. I would not be surprised if something happens. And I don't want Anne to leave, but this CS mainstream media bollocks in Scotland. I'd want to leave. It's an absolute joke. Well, can I sort of? Push back a wee bit. I know they've signed him on a flexible contract, and it's only to the end of the season. But if he keeps them up, Leeds give him the job. If he goes down, Leeds don't give him the job. But Ange doesn't take the Leeds job in the Championship, so I'm not worried. But I, I, the way I look at it, why did a close kind of friend of his say that? I, I don't understand why he would find it an interesting to go on the sometimes, paper or whatever. Sometimes guys job. just say things. <laughs> He's just want to keep his cell current. I'm in the know. I hear guys say that you, you go into like, forums and that on Sunday morning and there'll be guys saying that um, Starfelt starting up front. He's Moz and his dog dealt him where the fence when they were hanging the washing it. I'm in the know. All that nonsense. It's guys just want to, I'm in the know. I'm better than you. I can this guy. Also, Shut up, mate. And if but, he was see, so close to Postacoglu, Postacoglu is always, everything is all about he keeps everything in house. I'm not commenting on that. I'm not commenting on that. If it's one of his closest friends, they're not. They're not going to be giving that out. Surely. What have you got to say, but, Jed? But I mean, uh, Stephen, you could be 100 percent right. He could be gone. <clears throat> but if he does go, he will go. The like he won't go oh, halfway. Yeah. But I do believe he wants another crack at Europe. 100%. He wants to right the wrong from this season. You know because. Let's be honest, we put in, going forward will look fantastic, but we let ourselves down at times, and I think he wants another crack at it with some, we're going to have new players in again, there'll be players moving on. That's what I'm hoping that's going to, he's, he's wanting to stay, because is a Champions League team going to come up in England? I don't think so. Man City going to get rid of their manager? Is Liverpool going to get rid of their manager? Arsenal? Man United? No. So where is it going to go? Europe. But that, this is the thing. Like, I, I, 
I'm not really the, the, the comment has come across like I think he's definitely going to leave right what I'm trying to say there's no smoke without fire with these comments there has to be something that do you know what I mean someone said to somebody or and I, I know people are laughing and people are that's fine I, I get no, that it's but it's, you, do this, you do this with every any time there's one wee sprinkle of a media uh, it's like oh, I, I would say nine times out of ten I'm right I would say nine times I would say nine, uh, nine out of ten, no ten times right, hundred percent. Right. Do, do you know what? No you know what's getting me right? Why? Why? Right? This is this all stems from Rogers leaving. Everybody thinks a manager's going to leave Celtic now, right? Trust Rogers, issues. Rogers, <laughs> aye, it, it could be, but Rogers was always going to leave Celtic. It, it was a a stopgap to build his reputation back up, and it was his dream job, which was just an an added bonus, if you like. Martin O'Neill came to Celtic and he spent five successful years at Celtic. He left of his own accord and he went down south. He took a, a, a job at Aston Villa eventually. Gordon Stratton came in. He'd already, he'd already worked down south. Proved his credentials there. Done all right at Coventry and that. He spent, what was it, four, was four or five years. Done a really good four. job at Celtic. Done brilliant. Both of the managers done brilliant in Europe. Nobody came in and took them for Celtic. Nobody big enough anyway, for me. There was probably offers on the table, but nobody big enough was there for them to leave. Now, managers since, you've got Tony Mowbray. He's never going to get all the offers. You had Neil Lennon. You had Ronnie Dyla. These guys were bang average managers. Ange Postacoglu is off the level off a of Martin O'Neill. For me, I know that there's the draw for the English Premier League, but why does it need to be that? Why can you just why can Postacoglu? He said it enough times. His his dream job was to come and manage a big club in Europe, and he's doing it. Uh, that's yeah. I, I'm. I think that Postacoglu is but I thought I thought it was there for the ten. But Rogers was always going to go. I expected Rogers to stay for the ten and go. Because he, he had a, a chance of making history. But he went even earlier than even I expected. And that was the the tough part of that. And that, that really let me down. But why can, why can Ange not be the next Martin O'Neill or the next Gordon Stratton to come in? Love working at this club. And he's not done in Europe yet what any of the two of them done. Mm-hmm. He'll want to make his mark at this club. And if Ange Postacoglu leaves at the end of this season... Okay, he might win a treble. He might not, right? But if he, if we get to the end of the season, he wins the league. Maybe the cup, the the, the cup which we're playing for on Sunday, and then he leaves. He, as much as he's done amazing in terms of building a squad, and that he doesn't leave a legacy. I think Ange Postecoglou wants to leave Celtic, having left a legacy, and I believe that he will be here. I could be wrong, but I believe that he'll be here for five seasons, as Martin O'Neill did, as Gordon Stratton did, and he'll make his mark eventually in Europe. It'll be tough, but I believe the way that we play football, that we will make a mark. And I think he will, if he stays that length of time that they guys did, I think we'll see Celtic in the last 16 of the Champions League at some point. I'm not saying we'll go beyond that, but I believe the way Ange plays and the way he's building a squad, that that'll happen. And I don't think a Leeds United a blinking Fulham, anything like that. If, if Ange leaves Celtic, it's got to be another big club 
with amazing history, in, in my opinion. But, but right. Ross, the people that want, the people that's wanting Postacoglu to, to go as your Rangers fans, Alan McCoy has already said he'd drive around. They are desperate for him to go. That's, this guy, in my opinion, is, is potentially going to be one of the best managers we've ever had. If he stays, the football that we are playing just now, against Aberdeen and Saturday there, when I was there, the first half was unbelievable how good we were. And the second half, yeah, we slowed down a wee bit. That is the best. It's the best we have played. And even Rodgers, yes, we went unbeaten. But we're winning games 1-0, etc. Mm-hmm. This yep. is the best football I have seen since Martin O'Neill. Or Tommy Burns. I mean, never won nothing. Well, Tommy Burns won the Cup in 1995. Mm-hmm. You know, but Anne's Postacoglu, I hope he's going to be here <clears throat> next season as well. Because the guy... So do I. So do I. After us, oh. Whenever he goes after us, he will win things wherever he goes. He's a pro. Oh, yeah. And I agree that's with that. why <laughs> the best won him. I know. Sorry. Yeah. I know. No, it's he's not. Been, that was Steve's yeah, fault. Ask Stephen about um, about the about, about asked him about Ange and, and Bill getting a photo taken together, and they were talking about fucking Ange leaving the club. It's Stephen, been three weeks. The two Stephen, or three weeks. Should, I need to speak. You, you should get a minus sign tattooed in your forehead. <laughs> Negative. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. That's that's for another. Boy, imposter Cogley. Is that? That's for another pod. That's for another podcast. Imposter uh, uh, Cogley chat. So. Let's move on. We've kind of Stephen's kind of touched on it there as well. But Jed, I'll come back to you. And it's uh, the media build up this uh, this week and in, in the chat. He, he touched on Sakala there um, <clears throat> and Beal recently, um, talking about how they're the better team and <laughs> even though they're nine points behind in the league and, and countless goals and all the rest of it. But Sakala's saying we're, we're, we're the far better side and we're going to prove it and all the rest of it. Do you think that's what I think Ross said that, or, or Stephen might have said that, that it was that's his team talk, Ange Postacoglu's team talk done? It's adding fuel to the fire. Of course it is. I mean, if I'm Greg Taylor, I'm rubbing my hands. Sakala had a great second half against Celtic in the, the second of January game because you're on bits at somebody else's shoes on. But do you think he's <laughs> going to get past Greg Taylor? Or not the whole no. So bring it on, bring it on. Yes, and do you think has been done? I mean, that uh, who's the boy that is it Has- Baskins or something? Like Raskin, Raskin, Raskin. against Livingston and another team. One hundred and ten minutes, and he's now decided that they're the best team. <laughs> let's just play. Aye. Let's just play a wee let's bit. More. I mean, Sunday. there's a good Aye. chance he won't even be playing on Sunday. Aye, because let's be honest, Lundstrom and that's going to go back. So, but. Sakala's going to start, so it'll be interesting who's going to clatter him first. <laughs> and how do you feel? See, see if the the shoe was another foot, and that was uh, just for example, that was Matt O'Reilly saying that about the opposition, and we were in the same position. Do you think Andrew would be standing for that? No chance. Nah, no chance. Not at all, is it? I think that talks about the the whole naivety you've been talking about with Bill earlier on. That he's still maybe a yeah. bit naive and and this, and he's definitely. I, I think Ross. The more and more I, I, I hear Bill speaking, the more and more I think he's digging himself a hole. 
Well, he can't um, even get fired. He's seen these, they've won two trophies. The same as Celtic. Aye. I'm sure you know. They have the needs to <laughs> But Ross... <laughs> Ross, he's, I think he's 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 a bit out of his depth. I think every time he's he's speaking, it's a it's a bit cringe. I don't know if he's out of his depth as a manager because you have to give him credit and say he's come in and he's unbeaten. In terms of with the media, Carl he doesn't. Basket. <laughs> In terms of with the media, I don't think he's not got that same aura. He's not got that same aura as Ange. Has he doesn't carry sell the same way? Now that comes with the person you are and experience, which he lacks. Eh, as much as he he likes to talk like he's done everything in the game, he lacks experience, and he's no, he's not. For me, Ange Postecoglou is an elite manager. Michael Beale, yeah, isn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, when when Gerard was a player, right? I absolutely love the guy, right? I mean, Gerard was the ranger. The what? You'll need to get drug tested tonight coming away with statements like that. Aye, what was I saying? You said that Andrew's an elite manager Aye, when Gerard was a player, I absolutely loved him, right? He came in at Rangers as the manager. And the way he carried himself, again, he was inexperienced. But, and I know, I'm not expecting him to show Celtic absolute respect, right? But Martin O'Neill came in at Celtic, and the first one of the first things he said, Rangers are the benchmark, because they were the dominant team. He acknowledged that, and then he went and done what he'd done. Gerard came in, didn't he do any of that? Very disrespectful. He was massive ego for when he was a player. I thought, and I, I didn't like him. I, I hated, I hated the guy as a manager. And then obviously Van Bronckhorst came in, again inexperienced in terms of when you put him up against Ange. But you couldn't help but like that guy. He, he showed that bit of respect. And I know that probably the Rangers fans will think different. They would rather their manager was like Gerard, but. I don't think you need to be that arrogant. And that's what Bill's doing. I don't think you need to be that arrogant. Ange is fully experienced. He doesn't come in and talk about Rangers and disrespect them and say this, lucky that, this and all the rest of it. He just goes, I can't talk about that. I can talk about us. Yeah. yeah. And there's no many managers in the game do that, by the way. No. But he does it every single time. Remember eh? as well, when Van Brockus was here, they they had mutual respect for one another. And oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you know, there was quite a few times they were out for meals together. Mm-hmm. You know, so they did have the respect. I mean, if they went out for a meal with him and Bill went out, they'd be, Bill would be getting a happy meal because he's acting like a kid. <laughs> Ange doesn't have any respect for Bill, and it's it stems from calling him a lucky man. And yeah. Ange, yeah. Does, he doesn't react to many things. But he has had a couple of wee, I don't want to say flippant comments, but we we niggles. And people have said, oh, he's got under his skin. No, he's not got under his skin at all. No. It's a couple of wee niggles just to say, Aye. I came and he said, I'm here, I'm aware of it, and just watch your back. I think but, as well, like, that, see, see the switch, sorry, Ross, see, see the switch no? in terms of the, the media press conferences. 
every first or second question to Pasta Caldo is about Michael Beale's press conference. And it's like, what, what are you talking about? He doesn't need to address what Michael Beale said. That's his own issue. And Ross nailed it. Pasta Caldo wants to focus on Celtic, focus on what he can do. And as, as Ross rightly said, there are people going, he's under his skin and all this pish. And you can go back to the whole Geo time and Barry Ferguson saying he's got him figured out and then he got spanked off, sacked by him. Do you know what I mean? So all this media garbage that they're trying to spout about Michael Bailey, you can tell it's got me riled up. I've been building this up, lads. It's <laughs> absolutely, it's it's not shambolic. And Even, I think it's disrespectful, disrespectful to Pasta Coglu. Yeah, you're bang on. I mean, if you look, look when Andrew's getting interviewed, he just doesn't want to be there. When yeah. he first came, remember the BBC Scotland guy? What was it when we got knocked out mm. of Europe? It's a disaster <laughs> or something like that. And he went, uh, a catastrophe. Because no that no one's died. And I, but when you see him getting interviewed by the Australian media, or mm-hmm. after we played St. Murray, when Gordon Strachan and Chris Amalubo were speaking mm-hmm. to him, they could see he was more relaxed because he knew they yep. weren't trying to put him in, trap him up and anything like that. And he was smiling. You seen the press conference the other day. It was on for about twenty minutes. I don't think he smelled one. He doesn't want to be Aye. there. Aye. He feels as though the press is trying to trap him up, make him look bad for his headlines. So he's not. They don't up. ask. They don't ask questions about football. And when Correct. he gets asked questions about football, like you say, Jed, Gordon Stratton, Wally, you spoke about it the other week. Gordon Stratton was talking to him quite in depth and you could see he was really enjoying that you could see a different demeanour talking about it but when guys are coming in saying oh Michael Beale said this and said that and like I don't know and even sometimes when they do try and ask him questions about football and he's like but still that question's a bit of shit and you can see him thinking like why the fuck is he at? And he just goes, nah, not really, mate. It's like that's the worst Australian accent ever. By the <laughs> way, that's but... <laughs> terrible. That is. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. It's uh, it's it, it just can't. It, it looks like he can't be like you said, Jed. It, it looks like he can't be arsed with it, and he can't. I think especially recently. I think recently, especially, it's been obviously sent John Kennedy the other week there. Um, uh. I thought that was genius as well because that was right where all the rumours with Leeds were going, and it was uh, it was it was quite a good move. But even recently, you can tell that the one the other week there, he's just exacerbated. He's um, the boy asked him. I think it was something that Martindale said, and he, he genuinely went. Oh. He was like, "Do you think uh, yeah. I watch every other manager's uh-huh. press conferences and listen to what they say? I'm not interested in what any of them are saying. I'm here to do my job." You can tell he's getting frustrated, growingly frustrated, um, and. He's got every right to bite back. Because... <laughs> <laughs> I'll Joe Pesky, you know. But I think that um, I think that uh, Bill's making himself look very, very silly getting involved, like Jed said, especially with Alexis Sutton and stuff. He's making himself look very, very, very silly and. and He's like you can't get especially with guys with a bit of patter. You can't go up against something because he'll just have a wee quick one liner and that's you. You look, you look like a fool, and that's what's been happening. But I, he's one breakdown away from Pedro Casinha. That's literally <laughs> one breakdown away. Like he's mad at that guy. Honestly, I, I just think it's interesting. I just put this on. <laughs> Can't even mind what I was going to say. No, I sorry. Well. So with the likes of Sakala and all that, um, 
do you think that's on the back of how Beal's been acting recently, Jed? Do you think do you think he would have made that comment six weeks ago, or do you think it's because Beal's been coming out and been very vocal that these guys are thinking, well, the gaffer's doing it, I'm going to have a pop as well? I, th- I think so, yeah. Like like you said earlier, if, if O'Reilly that had said something like that, I'm sure Ange would have pulled him in the room and give him a little slap and say, no, we don't do that here. We'll do our talking in the park. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah I thought totally that They're just trying to... What, uh, uh, is it a boxing match now? Is it, you know? Mm. Is it the Fury? That's what Ange can't be bothered. He just wants... It's another game. Yes, there's more pressing out this week. He's just trying to be professional, tell the players to be professional, let's do our talking in the patch. And that's what I hope he does. Hope we do Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, I th- so, sorry, Jed. No, but, I mean, we're all, we would love, we'd all love to, to be giving them an absolute doing on Sunday. But, I mean, 1-0. A lucky 1-0 and say that. I mean, imagine I'm saying that's that. a lucky 1-0. That would be brilliant. You know, look... Just let's do the talking on the pitch on Sunday. Yeah, 100%. I think as well, when you obviously touching on Sakala, talking like that, you've got Raskin coming out and saying what he said. I can't mind exactly what he said, but similar vein to um, Sakala. I know Carol Baskin now, man. (laughs) 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 But um, (laughs) you've you've got that side of it, right? And it's like, Celtic are ahead in the league, right? And obviously, being a Celtic fan, I'm going to say they're the bigger club, they're the better team, etc. To counteract what Sakala said. But they're come out and making all this noise quite close to the game. And you've got Carter Vickers the day getting asked in his press conference what, what he thinks of the comments. And he's, he just goes, I've not got a problem with it. Elaborates a wee bit, but the gist of it was I've not got a problem with it. And for me, it's it's like Rangers are making all this noise. They're like what Man City were coming when they were building, mm. and they were the noisy neighbours. Rangers are trying to make this noise. They're trying to get under the skin of the Celtic players and take their minds off playing their football, because I think Rangers they believe that they can't beat Celtic at f- pure football. And I think they're trying to no- get under their skin, knock them off their game, knock their focus off and make them think about tit-for-tat stuff in the media before the game. We'll get them caught up in that. They'll maybe not be quite at it. But Angel will not allow that. He said it, like, I think it was either early this season or in last season. We don't look over the fence at our neighbours. We concentrate on ourselves and look after our garden. And that's what they'll be doing right now. All that noise that's coming for them. You can make all the noise you want. These players are focused. Ange is focused. The whole team will be focused on Sunday. And all that noise that went before. Even the team talk. I don't even know if Ange will use that. I don't think he needs to use it. I think you just need to keep telling them to do what they've been doing all season. But if he wants to use it, it's another wee bit of fuel to the fire. But I really don't think he will use it. I don't think it's his style. I don't yeah. know. Obviously, the players have heard it. He doesn't need to tell them. The players know. And the yeah. players know what they're capable of. And 
what the team is capable of. I just can't wait for Sunday and keep making all the noises want. Right. I think Andrew's that clever. I think Andrew's that clever. He'll he could say something in the dressing room without actually mm-hmm. like it's quoting the what what the what they're saying on the other side. He would say I something as well, and and like just sounding it out rather than just going out there and saying, "Look, this is a quote. This is what he said. This is what he said." He'll he'll say something quite sly, and the boys will be like, "Aye, aye." What are you saying? Sorry, Stephen. I think as well. I was cutting you off, really sorry. I, th- I think as well. Um, what goes under like under like notice there? One of, from his press conference, I think one of the reporters actually asked him, "What's been the mood like in Annexton?" And again, he said it. He doesn't know because he hasn't yeah. been in the dressing room. Never in the dressing room. So I mean, that that time, much responsibility aye. he puts on the players. That's how much he trusts the the squad that he has, and. That's why I'm backtracking here to Sakala and Raskin. And you, you look at the situation within their camp. I wouldn't really be happy with my players coming out and saying them types of statements. I mean, we weren't happy. We called out Jack and Magus at the time when he said it. <laughs> but um, I think I think I don't think Jack and Magus was as like he. Was it wasn't. Made. It wasn't as bad. It wasn't no, as no. bad. No. And by the way, he, yeah. that, he said that for a position of strength. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Ross, I, I want Stephen and Jed's opinion on this as well. I want to hear because I think this could go like 50 50 in, in, in the sort of fan base. But Sakala's use of the term the other mob. Now, if you, if that was one of your guys, let's just use Matt O'Reilly again as an example. I reckon that you've got a good amount of support that'll be like, yes, he's fucking said that about them and all the rest of it. And then there's going to be a mega massive amount of support that are absolutely embarrassed that he's he's actually came out and said that. What side of the fence would you be sitting on if that was one of your guys saying that? And what did you think of Sakala saying that as well? In terms of Sakala saying it, me as a fan, I wasn't too bothered. I, I sort of gave a wry smile to it as if to say, I, I think I would have felt differently if we weren't playing as well as we're playing. Aye. But because we are, because we're such a well-drilled unit, I'm like, I just, I, I, I gave a wry smile and thought, just wait till Sunday, just wait till Sunday and we'll see what happens. But if one of our players, when when uh, Jack Amakis said something, wasn't he anything to the level of that, but when he said last season, uh, at, at first I sort of cringed a bit, I was like, oh, didn't he say things like that, come back to bite you. But in the end, the, he followed it through. And he, he said, he, he proved that we were the best team. Yeah. I think Rangers have put, in my opinion, if, I think they've put themselves under more pressure now because they need to follow that through. Not they, but certainly Sakala. Uh, I think he needs to follow that through and have a big game. Because if he doesn't, he's going to be left with egg in his face. Aye. Okay, if the rest of the team... Get him, get him through the game or whatever. If he doesn't have a great game and they, they get the win, he gets away with it. But the, uh, if I was a Rangers player, I know I'm going off with the question here a wee bit, if I was a Rangers player and I was his teammate, I'd be like, come on, man. Like, you've just, there's no need for that. He could, I was listening to Clyde one phone in there and they were saying, oh, one of the guys, one of the teammates have stitched him up. I'd be saying to the teammate then, you shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. We're under pressure now because the, the whole everybody's watching us thinking that we think we're the best team. I don't know. It, I, I don't know how I would feel about it. I would feel okay with it, probably, coming for the position we're in the now. But if we were in Rangers' position 
and one of our players were saying that. Aye. Boz would be in the belly, cringing. <laughs> what do you think, Stephen? Do you do you agree with what Ross is saying? Do you think it would be different if it was if if they were in a position we're in and he's and he's used that term? Uh, what did you think yet? What he said, and what do you what, what do you think if if it was like one of your <laughs> players saying that as well, saying calling him the other mob? Well, I mean, first of all, they kind of just say like this has been a brilliant podcast so far. I've been <laughs> such a laugh, and I'm glad to be back on again. And I've never been really looking forward to Glasgow Derby as much as I have in a couple of years. Like I'm just buzzing for it, and it seems like a long week for it to win. But Sakala to me, if the Rangers players are playing pranks on their teammates during this this week of a cup final, as Ross said, you'd be like, "Why you're fucking knacking?" Do you know what I mean we're we're here to train, be professional, and try and give Celtic a game if they can do that? Sakala's come out and said it right. That's fair enough. It's done and dusted now. He said it. It's in the news. His quotes are there. Using the term the other mob, if we're technical about it, if Celtic used the term the other mob, we could kind of get away with it because it's not the real Rangers, if you get me. So what, what <laughs> name are they really going on to? Do you know what I mean? So you could kind of throw a couple of names at them and it could stick. But it's just pure disrespect. And Jack and Mac has come back to last season. Did say we're the best team in the league. But as Ross said, his arrogance at the time, some of us are like, poof. But he followed it through big time. He took us to the fucking league title as a striker for us in, in that final end of the season. But Sakala, it's just kind of as you said, Willie. If he doesn't turn up and like you, Ross, and have a big game, then he's then he's literally just put egg in his face and he's put his teammates in a position where now they've put themselves under more pressure. If you're coming out with them statements, and I, I find it madness that Bill would let him away with that, or anyone yeah. in their coaching staff, or anyone around them. Will let them go on the newspaper and say them types of things. It's it's incredible. But here, more fool them. So that's what I say. Bring it on. I Jed, I think I think Stephen's right. I think it's uh, the terms probably is a bit disrespectful, and especially I don't know if you remember uh, quite early on in Bill's um, Rangers career, managerial career, he kind of used the term the other team, and he got pelters for it, and he had to come out in the press and actually he said, "Listen, that was out of order. You have you have twisted that. I didn't mean it that way." I can quite happily say the word Celtic. I've, I'm, I, I respect everything that Andrew's done. The team's playing foot, brilliant football. They're, they're well ahead of us in the league, all the rest of it. And so he's came out afterwards and kind of... So it's quite interesting that Sakala's done that. But what do you think of the comment, first of all? And, I, and again, did it, do you think if it was on the shoe was on the other foot, as a fan, you'd be like, you'd be cheering the, the player on for saying that? Or do you think you'd be a bit embarrassed? I think... <clears throat> You would always think, part of me, like, what did you say that for? This could come back and bite us big time. Yeah. I mean, I'm not bothered about him saying the other mob. I just personally believe it puts a lot of pressure on him to perform uh, on Sunday. And like I say, if Taylor puts a good challenge in first, he's going to shite you silly run at him. And then yep. the fans, his own fans are going to get on his back. So he's, yep. he's put all the pressure on himself when he didn't need to. But Bill should have hauled it. Somebody should have hauled him in. And then the next, whoever was doing, I think, Tavernier the day, <clears throat> you know, I'm sure Tavernier could have said, look, you know, that's, we're playing Celtic, it's not the other mob. Just try and calm it down. Even Barry Ferguson has come out and said that was a silly thing to say. <laughs> silly thing. So for him to oh, say that, I, Barry yeah, Ferguson, I. That, you know, he did say, look, to show respect, but when you're on the field playing them, that's respects out the window. But up until then, so he, he did feel feel as though he was out of order what he said. So, like I say, roll on Sunday. Let's see how, how you can cope. Absolutely, 
Absolutely. Um, right, we've still got loads to go through. We've, we've, Let's we've go. We're we're here. Um, we've, um, I'm going to I'm going to move on. To, <laughs> I'm going to move on to Angie's presser, which is um, a complete 360 and what Bill and the other mobs pressers uh, have been like anyway. So, um, like, we've, like we've said, like we said, he never he never ever comments on. Uh, the Rangers, if he's asked a question, he'll, he'll be like, I'm not interested in what they're doing or what that manager's doing. I'm just <coughs> what we're doing. It's a far cry for what Beale does. He, he gets embro- he's been getting embroiled in everything in the media um, for the last six weeks. I, I don't know. Some people would respect the fact that he'll answer a question openly, but I think he's been a bit disrespectful quite a lot. So you would never see that for Ange. And, um, Jed, he's, he, he kind of talked in the, the presser about how the whole squad's been so consistent, uh, especially since the World Cup break. Um, it's not just 11 players that go out, it's, it's what's uh, the guys that have come on and replaced them. And uh, he's kind of said that it's not, it's, not just, it's not just two players carrying a team. If like nobody can play to their peak ability every single game, even Messi's and all that don't do that. And uh, when these guys haven't, they, there's been somebody else to come in and and take their place, and, and there's not a drop in form. And do you think that's a fair assessment? Yeah, I, I must admit, when I heard that comment, I was really pleased they said that about, you know, a couple of players are off their game, there's other guys who can come in and help out. <clears throat> and as this is how I've said for weeks and weeks, it's the best squad we have had. It's even better than the Martin O'Neill squad. It's not a better first 11, but it's yeah. a better squad. A fair but point. The biggest thing I took from the conference that his his press was when he talked about an experienced pilot. Then he said, you know, I've doing this I've been doing this for twenty six years. A pilot knows what they're doing after six years. I'm experienced. He can you know retrain experience. And he is. I mean the guy is you know people tend to forget he was national team coach Australia as well. Aye. You know World Cup Australia, Japan national and he's won something he won a, a big tournament when he was with Australia every club he's been at he's won something yep. the guy's a winner the guy is an experienced and for me that the press conference was how we use all the squad and yep. the bit I've done it for 26 years I know what I'm doing yep absolutely spot on Ross you, it- the, he kind of talked about, I like I said, how consistent the squad has been, and, and there's not a drop off when somebody else has come on, which is interesting. When we, we, earlier on, we were kind of talking about how Gigi kind of felt underappreciated, but it doesn't seem like that way in the media. He's 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 not just championing one or two players. I think it, I think it could, he could quite easily. I mean, I'm can he stop raving about Hatati? I think he's the best thing since sliced bread, and and every performance every week. I reckon if he was doing that for Bill, Bill would be singling him out and giving him praise. But Ange doesn't do that. He kind of throws a blanket over the whole squad and 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 kind of like I said in that first podcast, Stephen. When Ange, <laughs> I feel like every time he's on that telly right. talking about our club, he's giving me a big cuddle and saying, "Listen, I've got this. I've sorted out your club." But uh, I think it's a fair point what he said about the consistency of the whole squad. Um. To be honest with you, I watched that today and I can't mind it up. But, <laughs> um, but, I mean, in terms of... He just says the right things all the time, Ange. He, he, it's experience, like Jed's just talking about there. He's, he's calmness personified. And in terms of 
talking about like talking about singling out Hatati or that. It's a collective in terms of the way we play on the pitch. It's a collective. Is that what we've done? We've this team eight games. I'm not sure about that, by the way. Uh, no, I, mean, I don't know. We'll, ne- what, we'll never know. Aye. Martin O'Neill's first 11 is better than their first 11. But we've got a better squad now. Aye, that's aye, what Ted is saying. He's not saying aye. the first 11 is better. Aye. He's saying the squad of players. Like, if, if you ten, like right now, you take Kyogo, Jota, and Maeda off, and you're bringing on Abada, eh, Haksabanovic, and O. Oh, there's not a massive drop off. You take Larson, Sutton, and Hartson off for Martin O'Neill's team. Who you got? Yeah. Butchell, yeah, right. Tommy Johnson, and Mo <laughs> Salah. I think that that was Jed's point. That, that, that like, yeah. if if these guys are not performing, there's there's guys right behind them that will do just as good a job. And Martin O'Neill's team, I don't think that was the case. Aye, no, but yeah. what I will say is, I think this this team are more enjoyable to watch. Oh yes, I don't 100%. think that's up oh, for yeah, discussion. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, what was I saying? Aye, sorry, um, I know it's yeah. it's all right. Um, just touching on a comment there eh, involving the guys, but um, I can't. I, in terms of I, we we're talking about Hitati and how you were saying he doesn't sort of single him out, and I was just saying, it's the same on the field. Like it's a collective in the way we play. It's a full unit. It doesn't work. We, you might get away with it now and again, but for the most part, it doesn't work on individual performances. I know guys like Hattati, stand out at times. But it's still that collective unit. Hattati can do everything he wants. But if the whole team's not pressing at the right time, winning the ball high, for Hattati to pick, the, pick up the ball in dangerous areas, then it doesn't work. Hattati can't carry the team on his own. He has the, the, the team has to do the things round about him for him to be able to perform the way he does. And I think that's why Ange doesn't single guys out. Because of the way they play on the park, that's the messages. Mm-hmm. He's probably relaying to the guys, not so much in the changing room because he doesn't go there, but on the training field, things like that. I just think that's that, that's how he's built this squad. I think that's the the, the morals and the beliefs that they they, they 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 sort of go forward on, if you like, eh, in terms of being a footballer. And I think that Ange. I don't know if all of the guys had that in them. I think Ange's instilled it in a lot of them. He's maybe not quite been able to quite instill that into Jack and Marcus because he, I think when you're a striker, it's all about goals. People judge you in goals as a striker and Jack and Marcus was scoring goals and the fans loved him. Yep. And I think it was difficult for Ange to keep him happy because Jack and Marcus knows he's scoring goals, but yet he still couldn't get in the team, and he maybe couldn't quite accept. I know I'm sorry, deviating for the question there, but oh, no. uh, he maybe couldn't quite accept because he was doing what he perceives as his job, but again, I'll go back to it, he was doing what was perceived as his job, and he'd done it against Rangers, and I think it was Russell Boyce put a comment in earlier, if he was still here, I'd probably be looking for him to start, excuse me, against strangers. But in most of the games, the way Celtic play, Kyogo was better for it. And he was he was scoring goals as well. I don't know if that was how it was hard for him to instill that in Giacomacus, but I think he has instilled it 
throughout the squad, and it's just it's just how we play. And it's the guy the guy is top drawer, and he's got everybody thinking the exact same way as him and believing. And you, you hear guys like Cal McGregor, etc. They talk the same way as Ange. Yeah. Our football, our football. That's all you hear. It's it's great. I I can't I couldn't agree more. But and and going on to that, like Ange always says the right. I always say, imagine being Ange's wife. You can never win an argument because he always knows what they're saying. He's got the right thing to say. But Stephen, he kind of went on as well. We have we've had the squad consistency kind of he talked about, but he also, um, I think he was asked a question, sort of about how he's feeling about the game and if he's nervous and all the rest of it. And he, and like, I, I don't know the exact quote, but he kind of came out with saying like, "I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of this yeah. club." He says, "I've got an affinity, and I'm here, and I'm a fan now, but I'm not these guys. This is these guys' lives. Um, I can't have that head on when I'm nervous or." all the rest of it, I need to be focused, I need to set up the team right, we need to train well and all the rest of it, and that's what I'm going to do. Um, like, what more can you say? It just puts you right at ease, makes you feel super confident. All the players must be feeling 10 foot tall, surely. I mean, to be fair, if he didn't have a job in management, he, he could write postcards or something to him, or greetings cards, that's the way he speaks, and the way he comes across is, is incredible. Like, in terms of the comments and stuff, and Franny said it before, and we've all said a lot, a lot of ex-managers or ex whoever it may be said a lot of birthday card pish, but with <laughs> Pasta Coglu, he means everything he says, and the the, the whole comment there about I think it was the support uh, the the commentator asked him, "Are you nervous? Are you feeling emotion? That type of stuff?" And he's like, "The supporters aren't paying me to feel emotion, or they're right. they're not wanting me to feel emotion. They're wanting me to have the team focused, ready, calm, and collected to go into this fierce atmosphere, which is going to be handling." On Sunday, obviously, kind of paraphrasing what he said because I can't remember it word for word, but it's just that kind of it's like puts you at ease, doesn't it? He, he's not yeah. flapping, he's not like run about like mincing his words, not knowing what to say. He's got everything calm, coordinated, calculated. He says what he wants to say, he lets people want what he wants them to know, and it goes no further than that. And I think what that uh, Jed said as well about the pilot thing. The guy is he's, he managed Australia in two World Cups. He, he won the, the Asian Championship of Australia, the J League, the A League. You know what I mean? Cups in different uh, locations around the world. So I think that was probably a wee dig at, at Beeler, kind of subconsciously saying he's a pilot, he knows what he's doing, he's been around the block in these type of atmospheres. And I think it goes down to the players as well because you see like post match interviews. If just for example, Moy gets man of the match and he has one of them awful, awful interviews that he does, but he always says that uh, it's the team. And it's the same with the likes of Fickers. And they never take the individual praise. They put it on the team as well because it's a collective unit. And as Ross said, every part of that team needs to be working as a unit because if one falls, the majority of the team's going to fall. And he made a great point about Hatate. Hatate only plays like that because of the way the team wins the ball back, high up the pitch, mm-hmm. counter presses, passes it to him, he creates the magic. If that doesn't happen then we've seen it in Europe, it's a goal. So it's about that cohesion, the unit, and I think it filters down. We talk about the culture. I mean, if you cast your mind back, the the dreadful 10-in-a-row season, or what should have been that season, the infamous picture of Brownie and Lenny lying on a sundowner in Dubai drinking a beer. It's a, far, it's a far, far cry from what shambles we had back then till now. And I think it's just Posta Coglu, it's Harry Kuehl, it's John Kennedy, it's Gavin Strachan, it's Stevie Woods. Here we want to give praise. They've built the culture. and Yeah, the majority of them guys were around when we had that shambles. We questioned why they're still there. But if Posta Cogley didn't want them, they wouldn't be in the door. 
So they must be doing something around the club in terms of the infrastructure. And you have Darren O'Day and Steve McManus ma- managing the Celtic <coughs> B team. So everything's filtering down. And it's it's what I love to see. Everyone's on the same page. There's no... Remember the whole rumours there was a mole? Nah, a mole. <laughs> leaking the Celtic lineup, <laughs> Leaking the Celtic lineup to the press. 24 yep. hours before matches and all. That's all gone now. All uh, that poison. That, all that poison has been removed from the atmosphere. It may not be as, as feel good as we think it is. Obviously, players argue and stuff, which is a competitive sport. We have we have to have arguments, but the way the team's going, Postacoglu has the media at the end of his finger. He knows how to play them. And I'm, as, you, as you said, Willie, your famous phrase, it's like a big cuddle from the big man. I know what I said previously about no smoke without fire. I think some of the comments are took out of context, but I know what it meant. I love the big, I love the big man at Celtic, and I hope that continues for a long time. Excuse me, absolutely. Um, and it kind of the press has obviously continued on, and I can't remember the question he was exactly asked, Jed, but he he was. It was kind of about how he's enjoyed his time here and, and he's coaching uh, this team. <clears throat> and again, he's kind of he's, he's got he always got his feet in the ground, and like you said, he's managed in World Cups with Australia, and he's he's. I think because he's came from that um, side of the water, it's like everybody kind of dismisses his, his credentials a bit. And um, we have a wee smile on his face, and you don't see him smiling often, but he, he kind of said that he enjoys a hard graft to he, he building a side, and uh, no one can quite see what he's trying to do yet. And he loves that kind of side of things. And it's, it's just, again, kind of him, uh, his mentality, and he loves proving people wrong. Uh, and by God, has he, has he done that with building this side? I think he was absolutely spot on with that comment with what he's done so far for us. I mean, I think, yeah, you're bang on. What he did say as well about how he's there early, every day, and it right. next time, getting things on on the training field, getting things prepared. If you if you remember going back to when he first came and the, the club released the the audio of him training, mm-hmm. you you stop at half time, then you stop at full time, and the passing that was. It was an term. The Ange ball came from there. Yeah. And yep. look, let's be honest, we're lucky, we're lucky to have the guy. We're lucky. And, and to me, the players, the players must look at it. He must give inspiration to these guys. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the documentary of the Australian national team and what, what these players were saying about Moy at the time, Rogic, etc., And they couldn't speak highly enough. And if you go back as well, when we won the league at uh, Dice, when uh, Jack Juranovic says that we're getting tomorrow off, if Lutz could kill That's right. Everybody knows who the boss is. Yeah. That's why he gets out. Me. <laughs> and again, I think he was saying he's in early. He's he's he knows what he's doing. This is I'm getting over the press. He knows what he's Absolutely. doing. He's there. He's out in that training field. Yep. He lets he's not in the, he's not in the dressing room. He lets them deal. He'll let McGregor deal well with that. But he his domain is out in the training ground, putting everything into yep. practice. What he's preaching to them. And so and by the way, Stephen, see what you said as well about um, the the management team where it be striking. Kennedy, you know, knew whatever. I think also as well, I think the fans have played a massive part. Yep. We take an engine and the support. 
I mean, when you see every game now uh, is sold out, and the only spaces it's their season ticket holder is not going, but the tickets that's, that's available to the general public are sold out. So yeah. the fans have played a massive part in this. You know, so we're all together. We are all together. Yep. And yep. in a long, long may it continue. And there's no need for any of the there's no need for any of the slogans that the the bring back the thunder. Not remember when Lennon was in all that the slogans are horrendous. I don't need the thunder now. We just need the the green wall, the back of the goals. You were saying about like you're talking about that documentary, and it's interesting. I mean, there's a wee snippet kind of got released where he. He's got the Australian side in and he absolutely tears them a new one, gives them the hairdryer treatment, like I said. It's interesting, I was watching a, a podcast earlier on and it was it was, it was Ben Foster, uh, the keeper, and he was he was, <laughs> he was playing snooker with Stephen Hendry. By the way, it's brilliant. Stephen Hendry's got a YouTube channel. You get on it, he gets people on to play snooker with him and, and interviews him. It's superb. But Ben Foster was kind of talking about how Alex Ferguson was and, and Stephen Hendry kind of Asked him about if he ever had the hairdryer treatment for Ferguson and, and Foster explained a situation where he, he got it, he got it stinking and he was like, but the players don't take to that anymore, that's a different breed and he's not sure if Ferguson would um, would succeed as much as he would, uh, as much as he did if he was a manager coming through now. But I mean, I think Angie's of that, that arc um, and, and like Jed said, when he's given that look to Juranovic or... And you can see when he's not happy. I mean, Ross, the, the cup game last year where you could actually hear him screaming, don't stop passing it fucking backwards and all the rest Aye. of it. Uh, he, he's, he's definitely, and, and Jed says he's the first one on the on the training pitch the rest of it. He's definitely the old old school um, old school work, isn't he? Aye, he leads by example in every aspect yep. of his job. And he, he spoke about it in his interview. I think he got asked, well, no, his press conference, I think he got asked about that uh, this this is the part you love preparing your players and all the rest of it, and he sort of said, "I love it all. I love it all, mate. I'm, right. I'm in early. I'm, like even when I lose, and he, he, he tells the players like, don't waste a minute of your career because it's a short career. We all, we all know that, but like the way I can't even mind the exact <laughs> words, but it, it was just a, the amaz- amazing the way he spoke, like." Sort of, even like you miss it all. You miss the the bad games and the good yeah. games. You miss if we win on Sunday. You, of course, you'll miss that. But it's that that's if if you get that victory on Sunday, that's the, the they're the type of victories that, that give you comfort when it's all gone when you're retired. It, it was amazing to listen to that. It gave me goosebumps, and the way he talks like that that that. If if you're a player, and don't get me wrong, I've not been in many dressing rooms as a player. Do you know what I mean? But um, if you're you a, are player, a player, uh, <laughs> 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 right, you stop starting rumours, sir. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're a player in a dressing room and you're hearing words like that coming from your manager and, and, and talking to you about the here and now, but then giving you advice on the future. Drawing from his own experience and how he felt, I think that's priceless. And you can only but 
respect a guy like that. I mean, we're sitting as fans and we, we watch his interviews and every one of us, old, young, middle-aged, whatever it may be, oh, hang on. I would have to say, I think for the most days anyway, we all hang on his every word almost and we're, we're totally drawn in by him and he just, like, we're, we, we all exude confidence. And we believe that we're going to win every game. It doesn't matter who we're playing. He does that to us as fans. So what must you feel like as a player in a dressing room, hearing he's in your ear, day in, day out? You must, like you say, well, you say it all the time, you must feel 10 feet tall. Yeah. I, I feel amazing and privileged to have him leading our club, our team. I don't know how these players must feel, but <laughs> he is a, he's a man manager, he's a, a man motivator, and we're absolutely blessed to have him. Absolutely, yeah, even awesome. though, like you say, like, I, on you go, Jed. Remember when his first interview when he came to the club, again, the Scottish media, you know, you're the, you weren't even first choice. He went, I don't care. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't care. <laughs> he just believed in his, I mean, you've got to mind, this yeah. guy came on his own. He never brought anybody with him. Apart from his family and that came a wee while there, he brought none of his assistants or coaches with him. He used what was there. Yeah. And then he's brought in Harry Kale. The guy must have so much self-belief and his own ability and he passed that over to the team and make their players better. You know, you don't get many guys like that. No, absolutely. Especially when, like, obviously, the rumours rag wrangled on all fucking summer about Eddie Howe and the whole hold up was right. because, because he couldn't get his coaching staff in and flew <laughs> right across the globe in a second to be here and I thought his answer that first day was brilliant when they said about him being second choice and he said how do you know I was second choice I could have been third fourth okay. or fifth choice uh, you don't know <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, absolutely spot on again he knows exactly what to say at the right time but I Stephen Ross uh, touching it there and I thought it was brilliant as well about how he says he tells the players every day that when this is doesn't last forever and you're at one of the biggest clubs ever and, and um when you retire you'll miss you'll 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 miss I he keeps saying that I so when Ange goes in six years he'll say by the way six years ago I said he would go to Leeds <laughs> <laughs> um you can see <laughs> mind Chris Wilder was going to be the manager Aye, about the hard graft at the time and how when you're when you're done, you'll miss it, you'll miss the bad coaches, you'll miss the bad days, you'll miss the, even the injuries, you'll just miss being around it. Um do you think as well? See when he said that, I don't know why. I don't know if I, I don't know if it's just me. Do you think that was a bit of a dig at the likes of GG and all that that have, have moved on or do you think it's just totally reading too much in it and he was just saying about how lucky these guys are to be in the position they're in I think that the term comes to mind the grass isn't always greener isn't it a lot of players believe when they make that move they're going to make more money and yeah a lot of players right now are financially motivated that's fair enough but you, you look at Postacoglu and again I, I'm going to say it Willie Great podcast so far. Some amount of talking <laughs> points is brilliant. But um, in, in terms of like Pasta Coglu, his own Ross career is, path... Ross is enjoying it, clearly. <laughs> his, his own career path kind of, kind of 
resonates with, with what he's saying at the moment because if you look at his career, part-time team at Melbourne was a player under Puskas. Then Puskas left. He jumped up the manager, led them to success, had bumps up and down his career, went to Greece, failed at Greece, couldn't get a job in Australia for years because of something between a him and a, 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 a pundit were arguing or something like that or something happened in the underage groups in Australia. He got his big break with Brisbane, won leagues, then he moved up to the Australian national team. So a lot of things he's saying is probably from his own personal experience. It's like when, when your granda or your mum talks to you and is like, life will get better, son. So, I mean, it's like, look forward, look up. And it's about life experience. And Postacogna in a football sense has that in spade loads. And the way you can pass it down to the players, the likes of, if you're Cameron Carter-Vickers, you had a, a tough time at Tottenham. He's our mainstay. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Haven't he? And then if you, if you look at the likes of Taylor, people didn't believe in Taylor. He just thought he was going to be a three million kind of dud from Kilmarnock. He's from these players. Ah, yeah, 100%. Me, yeah. yeah. Always right, but, <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. I'm not but what, what I'm saying is, Pasta Coglu is basically drawn from his own life. He's letting the players know that you're going to miss the bad days because you need the bad days to get to the good days. That sounds so cliche, but you do. You need your bad form. You need your bad transfer moves. You need your bad coaches. I mean, when I was younger playing football on amateur level in a grass pitch somewhere down, down the street, I used to slobber all the time to my coach. Do you know what I mean? It's just my, my personality. But in a professional environment, you wouldn't do that. And you'd be a, you'd feel years later you shouldn't have done that because it might have stifled your development, all that type of stuff. So I think he's speaking sense. And the players from here are banned into it. And that's great for us because Jada still young. Abad is young. O'Reilly's young. So he needs to keep these players looking forward and moving forward. I think it's really interesting. And I think his outlook on life, <clears throat> whether that's his, his own life experiences, but especially with the way things are nowadays, and the modern life and mental health and all the rest of it, Angie's outlook is just incredible. We're all, yeah. I mean, there's incredible highs, incredible lows in life. And I just keep, I always go back to that 3 0 game in the mid, under the lights. Hatate scored two, and we're all in absolute cloud nine. And he's getting interviewed after it, and he says, Listen, he's pretty much said, Life's shit at the moment. There's a lot of shit going on. And I've got, if we've got these guys to come in, they pay their hard-earned graft. This is their life, this club. And if we can make them go away, or we can have them for an hour and a half, forgetting all their troubles and, and having the elation, um, and then they go away happy, then that's, I mean, who says that? Yeah. <laughs> that's Neil Lennon, he's in his pants, throwing champagne at everybody at the end of the game. <laughs> celebrating. And, and this guy, I mean, his whole outlook, and it's and it's the way you see things, and, you're, and, and like I said, your, your, your mental strength, uh, Jed said it earlier about the, when we went out the Champions League early doors, and it's like it's a catastrophe. And, and a lot of people, um, if, if they looked at it that way, and, and um, in their head, and the mental side of things could be that whole down, um, depressed. He was the polar opposite. He said, "How's it a catastrophe? <laughs> Nobody's died. Listen, we've we we went out. Yes, we'll work hard. We'll come back tomorrow on the training pitch, and we'll, we'll go again to have that." DND out, and I th I'm sure many people have been going into the workplace, and it's other people, colleagues, are giving it. This is the worst job ever. Fuck the rest of that. Something like that going on, you has the opposite effect. You start feeling that with yourself, even if you're quite happy in your job. Eventually, 
Andrew's that complete polar opposite. Even on the down days, he can give you one wee phrase and just walk away and have you feeling, like we said, 10 feet tall. Test bag. Absolutely mm-hmm. magic. I mean, the best thing that's ever happened to us, and definitely in recent times, is us not getting Eddie Howe in and us getting this guy in. Because like Jed said, I think, I mean, he's been here a short time and he's quickly becoming my favourite manager in my generation. And that's... Mm-hmm. That's a tall order when we've had Martin O'Neill's and, and Tommy Burns when I was younger, God rest his soul. This guy is of the same ilk as Tommy and uh, he knows what it is. I think when you come in and you buy into this club, Rogers came in and said he's, he's been a fan all his life and all the rest of it. I didn't see that. Probably King. I, I see more passion. I see more passion and more, um, uh, more commitment uh, and loyalty uh, out of Ange and in, in the short time he's been here, and that's why I'm not why I go back on it. But the least thing, I don't think he's going to be gone anywhere because he's always said it needs to be the right project as well. I don't think he's finished here. Um, he's he's absolutely fucking thanks, mate. <laughs> Appreciate it. He's absolutely um, everything he says just has it. Like Ross said, he's got you hanging on every word, and I don't think he's a type that will say one thing and go and do another. Uh, mm-hmm. And everything he's been saying in the past six months to a year, um, points that, that that he's committed, he loves what he's doing. He's very fortunate to be in the position he's in, and he is. Anybody in that position is. Uh, you're at one of the biggest uh, clubs in the world, and one of the biggest, most passionate fan bases. And like he says to all his players, well, like, I mean, you, you should think yourself lucky to be in the position you're in. Uh, and I think he does. I think he's thank he thanks thanks the Lord for that every day. <laughs> and uh, I'm so grateful that he's yeah, honestly so grateful that he's here. I couldn't speak high enough for the guy. I think he's absolute magic. Well, if you remember, I, I don't know if you remember. I remember putting a comment up a good few months ago, um, one of the nights. Uh, if you think about it, we wouldn't have had hands if we got ten in a row. Aye. Ah, you did, aye. We actually touched on it for about a good half hour. It was such a good point. And like, it's crazy and to say that. You think about it. Has not winning 10 in a row been good for us? I know that's an absolute crazy thing to say. But the football... Took the complacency away. Uh, yeah, and the football we're witnessing now, we weren't getting that under Lennon. No way. Know? So... You know, so that's that. I tried to, I tried to the positive. Yeah, obviously disappointing. We never got ten in a row, but we wouldn't have had this guy in charge if if we had won ten in a row. So, body, you know, I know it's a crazy Absolutely. thing that people want no, ten in a row. I totally hear you. Man. I totally hear you. Aye, well. <laughs> What's she saying? By the way, I, I don't I don't want it to come across like I'm Slate and Lenny here, by the way. That's not the case no, at no, all. No, no. No, I think I don't think I have done that. I know. I mean Lenin's Lenin's absolutely right. Brown you know, he done fantastic for the club as a player and a and a manager, but unfortunately it ran its course. Yep. And it I totally agree with you, at the worst for the worst time in their probably club's history where we could have made it 10 in a row. And, and I think, by the way, I think he did the best he could have done for the club. Even in even when he came back in, he he, he did he did as, as well as he could have done. I know the results didn't go his way. 
I think he's a, a good coach. I think he's done a brilliant job for us, but I don't think he's anywhere in the league. Eh, the, the the guys that have went before or after, and and, and when I say that, it's the likes of Martin O'Neill and Strachan and and Ange now. Uh, I think he'd be out his debt with you guys, but I, I'm, I'm no way slander on what he's done for the club. He was um, no. No, like Jed said, no. I think we're, I think we're playing no. the best football I've ever seen in my generation. Yeah. Obviously, there's going back to the sixties and all the rest of it. There's, there's a, a certain team that were very, very good, but uh, in my generation, I, I, in, in, in all my years watching football, even the best teams, Guardiola's teams and all the rest of it, I've never ever seen that he's. Well, that's fair enough, but he, 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 that's yet to be seen. He's only been here a short time, Brian Warrior. In my opinion, next year he could take us there, and then. I would say that argument's to the window, but the football we're playing is absolutely... I've never seen football like it. Never. And I know a, can... Sorry. No, on you go, Ross. No, I was just going to say, it's a fair comment for Brown Warrior, Aye. but Aye. in terms of, like, say, Neil Lennon, what he done, he, he won... I can't mind these, the exact stats, the amount of trophies he won as a manager and stuff like that, but I was... Neil Lennon was my hero. Growing up, when he was playing at Celtic, and then when he became manager, he was my hero. When he said that, this is not the end, this is just the beginning. Everything, mm-hmm. he was my hero. But the difference between Neil Lennon and you can go to his trophies he's won and all the rest of it, but the difference between him and a Martin O'Neill, an Ange Postacoglu, a Brendan Rodgers, the, the Rodgers Postacoglu teams, they don't have a, a night where they go to Hamilton and have an absolute stinker and and fuck it up. And Neil Lennon's team's done that three, four, five times a season. Even if it's a draw. But they, they even they, they went. I think they sure they went one night and lost at Hamilton two one. Postecoglou's team won't do that. I know they lost to St Mirren. Okay, it's one game. Brendan Rodgers went a season unbeaten. I don't think Ange Postecoglou's team do that four or five times a season. Just think, think about what you were saying, though. Think about, like, we're talking about Lenny here, right? You're literally comparing seasons where we went on beaten and we've lost one game currently. It's incredible the levels that Postacoglu's took us to. Aye. And I don't think we're anyone. I mean, I made a great defence of Lenny a couple weeks back. I, I, we all, we all had. Yeah, he, he was my hero growing up with Larson, with Hartson, with Sutton, especially him being from here, going through all the troubles he went through. It's well documented. We can all go back and read about it, we can talk about it. And I know Danny piped up during the week there saying what would have happened or what could have happened if he won the 10. That's all hypothetical. We're, we've moved on from that point. Jed said it. It ran its course. We got bans after the Eddie Howe debacle. Postagolu's come in. He's done a fantastic job. And Ross, again, sorry for cutting you off there, but no, I just no, found no. it mind, mind-boggling that we're sitting here going unbeaten season with Rodgers and we've only lost one game with Postagolu. It's the levels we're at this season. European football needs to improve, but the levels of domestic football is just incredible. But see, the thing is, right, we're, we're talking about this and we're waxing lyrical about this team and they don't have off days and that, right? And we're all saying, uh, 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 I know I think it was Russell Boyce was talking the other night, he was saying, he made an amazing point, he said about, like, some people say, oh, but the domestic football is your bread and butter, you're never going to make that impact in Europe. And he said, but you have to go and dominate the domestic football and that starts on Sunday. And as yep. much as we've went on that run, 
where we've only lost one game in the league and we're in a cup final. We have to go out on Sunday and follow it up and win that game and win that cup. Otherwise, what has it all been for? I know yeah. we'll probably win the league, but you're up against your, your biggest rivals in a cup final. We all know we're a better team than them, but we have to yeah. go and follow it through and do it on the day and win the game. That's it. Agreed. In a all nutshell. Right. Brown Warrior, I hear what you're saying. I hear everything you're saying. Nobody's flagging Lennon. We're all flagging no, Lennon. No, no. We all love Lennon. We love what he did at the time. Yeah. We're, no, we're not having a go at him, man. No. Uh, right, anyway, Absolutely let's move not. on to the game on Sunday. The <laughs> There's, a game? There's a game. There's a game. We might not see the start if we keep going on the way we're going. But... Yeah. <laughs> By the way, it's making it, it's passing the time. What, Jed? It's a Man United Newcastle game. <laughs> oh, I so the teams I hate the most. Right, so <laughs> coming to the game, uh, coming on to the game Sunday, I want to look at some of the kind of key battles uh, that's going to happen during the game. I'm going to come to Ross first because he's the biggest Maeda fan that I know, not <laughs> <laughs> man, and uh, he's always talking about how when we play Rangers, Maeda needs to play on the left to kind of neutralise the. Tavernier going forward but also press him going back the way uh, and I think that's a great point uh, do, you, do you think well, well we'll go on to our first 11 here but do you think that's a key battle Ross do you think that he needs to play and and do exactly what you've said every other team we've played Rangers and he needs to get on Tav and, and, and kind of press him back I mean you know what I'm going to say Aye. <laughs> Aye, I absolutely do I think that there's there's Maybe three or... Well, no, there's more than three or four guys that's definite on the team sheet. For me, I think Maeda has to be a definite. And I get people will make the argument that they prefer Jota coming in off the left. I get it. I personally don't think there's a great deal of difference between Jota coming in off the left and coming in off the right. I think he does every bit as good a job on the right as he does on the left. But I think... Maeda is needed on, and people will make the argument Abada could come in look what he's done to Barisic he's done that to Barisic at Parkhead but, excuse me this is not Parkhead the last time we went to Hamden excuse me again <laughs> we lost to Rangers uh, albeit it was an extra time I just think that like, like you've said I, th- I think we need that as much as we don't, we, we want to play our attacking football, we play our football, we won't change for anybody. I think that right now, Maeda is on the team sheet before Abada. I don't think anybody can argue that. I think, eh, aye, Maeda's on the team sheet before Abada. I thought I'd said that wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think anybody can argue with that. Adaba. Aye, Adaba. I, I just think he's, it's imperative he plays for the reasons you outlined, Willie. It, he's he's going to... He scored at Ibrox early on in the game with his pace. He just... He really... I don't think Tavernier's the greatest defender. And I, I know if you put Joe up against him, he would run ring around him. But I just think that in this game, I think that not only is it imperative for going back the way, but I think 
at Hamden. Abada has shown recently, and I'm not slagging the guy by any stretch, but in the bigger games, when it's not at Parkhead, he does fall out the game a wee bit. I don't know why. It just could be his age. But I just, I, I think he's better when we are completely dominant in the game yeah. and we're on the front foot all the time. I, I expect us to have most of the ball on Sunday, but I don't expect us to dominate the entire game. Rangers will have their spells because they're a good side. Let's be honest. They're a good side. They're no as good as us, but they are a good side. And we have to be on our guard with that. And that starts, like we've said, that unit, that defending for the front, pressing Rangers, putting them under pressure. And Maeda, Maeda does it better than anybody. Abada is a hard worker, but pressing for the front and winning the ball back, he does not do as good as almost anybody in the team. And we need that on Sunday, big time. Great points. Jed, do you... Do you think that's a fair point? We might. I seen you nodding along when we first we first talked oh. about Maeda kind of being in there and pressing and impressing Tav. But also, um, do you think he is the first on the team sheet and and ahead of Abada and or in fact even Jota do you, do you, uh, on the I, right? Like, I do think Ma- Maeda has been playing great for ages, and Ross made a great point there. He does track back, and that will nullify hopefully. Nullify Tavernier. I mean, let's be honest. Tavernier is fantastic at crossing the ball in and set pieces. That is a real danger. But he's not a good defender. And if you've seen the video someone put together this week, the different clips that we scored goals against him, he's at fault for... He's involved in a lot of the goals that Rangers conceded against us. He's not... He's ball-watching. He's not aware of what's going on. But I think another point... I do believe that Taylor and Maeda's got a great understanding and down the left wing. Yeah, that's a great point. Because Maeda can come in a little bit and then Taylor goes <coughs> down, the, down the line as well. So I do I hope Maeda starts on, on Sunday. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does start a bad and Jordan the wing. I mean, they've done it when we were that squid. But I hope, I hope Maeda starts. If he doesn't start, and Abada's play, we fine. Aye, we kind of lost you there a wee bit, Jed, but I, I totally agree. I, I mean, I don't think we'll, we'll be too disappointed if... That's the thing about this team. Like, I think... I think the first eleven. If we all, I know we're we're going to go on to our, um first elevens after all this, but I think most would say Abada and Jota are the um, first choice at the moment. But I mean, if Abada comes in, I don't think anybody would be too disappointed in somebody else dropping out. But I, I, Stephen, I think Ross. I think I, I totally agree with Ross when he says about there's this whole clamour for a certain uh, number of support about Jota much better on the left. I, I I don't see it. I think if he's on the left, he cuts in and, shot, and shoots more. And <laughs> to be honest, more of his shots hit Rose Ed than fucking hit the back of the net, in my opinion. Bang and, on. And, 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 
And to be fair, I don't think it really matters where he starts because he's kind of got this kind of free roll where he kind of roams and, hits, and gets in the number 10 and and he's, he's distribution. He, he, he's, when he whips in the crosses, he's, he's I think he's better than most in the league. So I like him on the right. I really like him on the right. And, and that's going to be another battle, I think, uh, Stephen Jota, if he starts, um, or whoever starts against Barisic. And I kind of wanted to touch on him because... I don't know if you agree, but do you think he's the weak link in that Rangers backline? And you think it's something that we should be focusing on? Because um, Jota would run rings around them, as would Abada or Maeda or whoever <coughs> starts. I think that the the weak link that they have is their their fullbacks. To be fair, they're, they're, they like the attack. They're not necessarily great defenders. And the 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 issue with the Abada or Mieda or Jada thing is if you start with Jada on the right, Mieda on the left, usually after about 20 minutes to switch it up anyway, to switch wings most of the game. So they're, they're, they're changing and they're not really in a set position. So I like the idea of Mieda being on top near the start because Jed nailed it. Whether we like it or not, set pace delivery, penalty kicks. They get about a million penalty kicks a year, do you know what I mean? So he's going to score the majority of them. He is decent at that. But defending, if you if you looked at the clip of the last goal that we scored against him, the first goal at Ibrox, Hatate I think wins the ball, whips it to Mieda, Tavnier's ahead of him because he hangs Rangers are on the attack. He cuts in, gets past Goldson and scores past uh, McGregor. So there is weaknesses on 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 Tavnier's side for Barisic for me. I mean, I bad I agree with Ross. I, I don't think this is a game to throw him into. I, I would put Jada on. I think that Jada. And made a wing play works at least for the first 60 70 minutes. And then you look at you look at Goldson, you look at Ben Davis, and I have to be honest, I think Goldson and Ben Davis they have formed a kind of a, a solid partnership, so to speak, in terms of one's left side, one's right side. Davis was like with us for many of transfer window before he joined them, so there is he's kind of a good player if, if you want to call him that. But the other issue is Kyogo. We've seen him play against him a few times, and after the first whatever many minutes, he's always injured or he's took off. And although he scored the, the equalising goal live rocks, it's 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 a hard one. But I would definitely start with Jada and Mieda. And if you look at if you look at midfield, Hatate, he's a he's a shoe in with McGregor, and then is it Moy or O'Reilly? That's the big issue here, isn't it? Because we know the we know the the back four. We we kind of know how they're going to shape up in midfield. That probably Lundstrom comes back in. Maybe Raskin playing with uh, Glenn Kamara, a wee bit more defensive on their part. You, do you know, maybe a bit of flair with Raskin, but I can see, I can see us dominating the midfield. And I know people always say they're physical. I get that, but we're quick in our play. We're smart in our movement. And Atate is on the left. He's on the right. He's he's playing as a second striker sometimes, and you have the number ten in the pitch as well. So you have to pick up multiple players. So it's an interesting game. But yeah, the the wingers and to go back to Willie definitely Jada Mieta for me. Aye, it's interesting because, well, we'll, we'll like I said, we'll get into our starting 11s uh, after after we kind of go through the key battles. But I mean, a badder's goal scoring record in these games is, like you said, the, the fullbacks, the amount of goals he's come in and nipped in at the back post and scored goals uh, for us is interesting. So uh, it's going to be really interesting. I'm glad you came on to the midfield because you must have been reading my notes before we came on. <laughs> and uh, that's what we're going to go into next. And Antonius Vorias says, I think the midfield battle will decide the game. They'll try to stack the midfield to starve us of time on the ball. If we have space in the middle of the park, we'll shred them. Um, and that's kind of the next ba- the next key battle I've kind of went into. And it's, it's sort of the midfield three, Ross. Um, 
I think a lot of these games that we play, these derby games, uh, they're one and lost in this this position in the park. And and I know the ones I know we've not lost many in the last however many years, six years or whatever it is. Um, but the ones we have lost, I think we've kind of not got a foothold in the game. And I remember Arfield having a stormer <coughs> one one game and, and Kamara and us not coming uh, on the right the right side of the result. But more often or not, Bruni was absolutely dominating the midfield. And and we'd go on to be successful. Do you think that um that's the midfield battles could be a massive saying a uh, massive talking point on, on which way the result's going to sway? I think the midfield battle is always key in a Celtic Rangers game. Um I, what I will say is I don't think in recent times it's been as key. I've said up to about last year, probably. It's all about the midfield battle. It's all about the midfield battle. But usually there was a midfield four. I know it's only one player. But I think Rangers will probably play with a, a midfield three as well. Yeah. But it's it will not solely come down to that because of the way we play. It's interesting you say that. Sorry, Ross, just to jump in. Because no. you always said, I mean, at the start of the year especially, the tail end of last year, the start of the year, you kind of still always wanted that midfield enforcer. And I still mm-hmm. don't think we've got that in our team, but it's not mm-hmm. the way Ange plays. And it's interesting how you've said that you don't think that the midfield battle is as key now because mm-hmm. like, we've not got that midfield enforcer and we play a different style. Is that... Well, the, re- say, the, reason I, the reason I say that is because I think when you watch his playing, it, we obviously do that, got the passes out for the back. And quite often... We we miss the midfield out with a, a pass out for the back. It goes wide and it'll go to one of your fullbacks who are at that point an inverted midfielder, if you like. So you're saying it misses the you're saying it misses the midfield out, but it doesn't really because they're then playing as the midfielder, but the midfielders are then a bit further forward. I just, it's it's no absolutely key, but. Rangers are going to try and make it physical. So then you have to say it's going to play a big part because then we have to be able to mix it up in the middle of the park with what they bring. Lundstrom will put one on somebody in the first minute. That's an absolute... If he starts, that's an absolute guarantee. We have to be... As much as we have the better football inside and we're nicer in the eye, we have to be... (laughs) Get what I mean? Up for that. And I think guys like they'll be prepared for it because we've seen it Ange the team are no daft they can football better than us they'll be ready for that I think guys like I'm not going to give away too much on my team so like say Hatati I think he can mix it up (laughs) McCarthy (laughs) (laughs) but I think I think Hatati is technical and as good as he is I think he can mix it up he's he's no fear for a challenge he's no fear for a physical battle so I'm quite comfortable in the sense that as much as we're easy on the eye, I'm quite comfortable that we will be able to handle their physicality. And I understand Lundstrom will put one on someday in the first minute. He'll get away with it. Because, it might not be the first minute, the first five minutes or whatever. He'll get away with it because it's the early one. That's just how it is. You just get away with it. Even if it is an outright booking, you get away with it more often than not because it's early. The referee doesn't want to dash out bookings early doors and get let the game get away from him kind of thing but after that 
we just we. I don't think Celtic will be leaving, leaving it in on Rangers because they'll they'll just play their football and they'll try and take the game away from them that way. But they have to be ready for that physical battle because it's coming. Yeah. Agreed, Jed. What's your thoughts on the midfield three and, and if it's going to be a physical battle? But if we're talking about the midfield three, I mean, we've got the two best players in Scotland in there and McGregor and Hatate, surely. So it's a no-brainer, is it? Yeah, I think, I mean, just going back what Ross was saying, a physical <coughs> battle. Um, guys, I don't, the last two games, we've had uh, three bookings. That's all we've had. McGregor got booked in injury time in the 2-2 game. And CCV and Starfield was booked in the first game, the four nothing game. We're not a dirty tight, dirty side game. That's interesting. Give away mm-hmm. niggly fouls. But listen, Air Midfield will look after itself. We'll, we know McGregor and Atati's nailed on. So as a toss up between Moy and O'Reilly, O'Reilly's played in the last two games. So we'll just need to wait and see. But let's turn it round. We know. What in midfield is three eight four, so it's not it's not difficult. Mm-hmm. What's Rangers going to put in? They don't know Aye, the best midfield. They Aye, don't you're, know. You're bang on. Let, let them worry about us, because they were putting guys in. If they play Lundstrom and that Carol Baskins is going to be playing, they've not played together. <laughs> they going to be. So let <laughs> let them worry about it. In midfield, will be fine. <laughs> Can't get so enough of that Carol Baskins <laughs> Right. I know. I totally agree, Jed. Stephen, if Carol Baskins isn't chasing tigers or killing her husband, he might be playing on Sunday. But go on, uh, I give us your thoughts on the midfield battle um, and just rant for five minutes while I go and do a pee. No, that's no worries. I mean, the midfield battle, as Jed said there, you look at it, they've signed Todd, Todd Campbell, Raskin, they've got Kamara, Lundstrom. Uh, whoever plays other players in that midfield area. So I agree with you, Jay, that actually probably don't know their best 11 yet, never mind their best midfield. For me, like, I look at it for us, and I agree with you, Ross, as well. Hatate needs to mix it up on Sunday. He needs to be physical. He needs to take the punches and, and go with the game and, and kind of find his way in that environment, which I think he will. I think he'll be a class act as he's been the last couple of games. McGregor does fit in and be his usual self. That's, that's the way I see it going. And you, you look at O'Reilly... You're right, he's played the last two games, but Moy's been injured apparently. He's been carrying a wee strain or in training he picked up something, so he might come back in. Although for me, I'll put my card to the table now. I wouldn't start him on Sunday, more or less being he hasn't played the last two games. So for fitness-wise, for, for freshness, for the, the the continuity of the team, I would put O'Reilly in, at least for the first 60 minutes. O'Reilly got his goal um, a couple weeks ago, so his confidence should be peaked, it should be high. And it's, it's one of these ones... The midfield battle, as you said, Ross, is like the days of old, isn't it? There's so many ways of playing. As you said, we've got the inverted fullbacks. Taylor becomes a centre midfielder. Johnson comes into that position. Hatate's like a shadow striker. McGregor's playing in the eight. And <laughs> it's so difficult for teams to pick up. But yeah, I don't know about you, Ross, coming to yourself. But I do have to say one thing, guys. I'm going to have to jump off because I've got a few things I need to get sorted for the baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> it's a bit. It's been a great show, and it's been it's been a pleasure of being back on, and hopefully be on again soon next week. But yeah, here's the Sunday, fellas. I just need to hop off. Stay well and keep safe. Right. Heel, heel. Listen, take it easy, mate. <laughs> take it easy, Cheers. buddy. Catch you later. Um, 
I heard um, I'm talking about Hatati there, and I, like, I can't wax lyrical enough about this guy. And you talked about him having a bit of steel and all the rest of it. I, I think the guy's got everything. I think he can be that. Um, I think he, he, I think he's great in the tackle when he gets mucked in. And I always talked about. I, I remember Ross. We we kind of I, I, I touched on all when he first came into the, the the team and how when he came on he wasn't running about like a headless chicken. Every movement was. Um, calculating, I think Hatati's like that. He's always in the right position, and I, I just think he's he's magic. I think he could he could be the difference between the two sides. Saying that, I think if you match the two squads up, we're we're far far superior. But I want to go on to um, Jed Kyogo and his fitness. I know um, he, he, he he's carried. He was apparently carrying an injury. He was fit to play last week, but didn't start. Um, do you think, what do you think about the whole situation? Do you think he's fit enough? And even if he isn't, I mean, he pretty much won this this same cup last year single-handedly and he was he was, he was was apparently injured. Do you think it's going to make a difference? And uh, <clears throat> Kyogo's going to start. I, I can't see O starting. I, I mean, like I say, Ange could pull a rabbit out of the hat, but I do see Kyogo going to be starting. So... If, if there was any doubt, he wouldn't even have brought him on last week with his injury, with his shoulder injury. Yep. So, mm-hmm. he's going to start. Aye, Definitely. I totally agree, Ross. What do you think about that as well? And he, like I said, even if he's no fully fit, like last year, he, he had done, I think it was the same injury, I think it was a shoulder injury last year as well, I think it was similar. And he scored two of the best goals I've ever seen in a cup final and, and won us the, the trophy anyway. So, he's got the star, hasn't he? Well, not to contradict you, but I, I think the injury before the final last year was a hamstring. Oh, was it? So, aye. So, I think even we were better. all amazed even, I know, <laughs> I think we were all amazed he even played, but he played, and then if I remember rightly, after that game, it, it was a winning performance, won as a cup, but he had about three or four weeks out, maybe more after that, and that's when Jack Marcus came into, the, came into his own, and like we've all said, you've said it yourself, Pushed us on to, cheers mate, pushed us on to, obviously, the second half of the season, Jack and Marcus. So, at that point, it, it was a risk, but it paid off, and Jack and Marcus deputised and came in, deputised a bit disrespectful. But anyway, back to the main point, um, I don't, I, I think Kyogo is 100% fit, because he's went off, with that injury, it was a shoulder injury. He went off with that shoulder injury last. Uh, it was a four 0 game earlier this season. Jack and Marcus came on. We beat Rangers four nil at Parkhead. Right. You know, off the first two minutes, it was a. Uh, so he's went off with that same injury a couple of weeks ago, and I, I just think I think he would have been fit enough to start against Aberdeen last week, but I think Ange just went. Well, let, let's give all. We're at home. Aberdeen are no going great now. Celtic are. We could have played me up front with the beat Aberdeen. <laughs> honestly. But, um, That's right. I don't know about Hartwick, but they took one and <laughs> half the bum from But, <laughs> but uh, no, all joking aside, I, I think, he, I think he, was, he was ready to start that game. But right. just, as he does, he's went, let's give all. Time we'll still give a uh, Kyogo yeah. 30 minutes, 
keep his legs going and keep him nice and fresh for this game on Sunday. I think he's 100% fit. I think he was 100% fat last week. I've got no fears about him whatsoever. Uh, Brown Warrior agrees with you there. He says that uh, Ange mentioned the fact that only yeah, starting yeah. and I worked out well. But I mean, Ange said after that, I don't even think he had any... Um, I don't think he was he was he was wanting to bring Kyle go on, um, but at the time, like after the game, he he was he said that John Kennedy came in and says, "Listen, Kyle goes at me and he wants to come on, so you need to put him on for ten minutes or so." Uh, so, <laughs> I, I I agree. I think he's hundred percent. But um, but I mean the last the last time we faced the Rangers, Jen uh, Jed, um, we Stephen touched on it earlier on. We, we I mean we started. Forest and it was a bit out of the blue do you think there might be a surprise inclusion without giving away your team do you think there might be any surprises in there or do you think that we've kind of got I mean for me I think we've kind of got a settled 11 and there's like possibly two positions where I think it could go either way do you think there might be any surprise inclusions on Sunday the I think Forrest would be a, that would be the surprise, but I can't see it happening. The surprise would be Ostarton or Abada Aye. and Jordan starting. You've got to mind the last two games, eight, eight of the players played in both games started the 11. Aye. Eight players. So there, there ain't going to be mega changes tomorrow. I, I think there'll be a couple, or Sunday, there'll be a couple of changes from the game against Aberdeen. But that'll be it. I can't see more than two changes. From Aye. Aberdeen, I think the team, the spine of the team, picks itself now. So it does. I think it's more when I come to it when the team, it's you're actually looking at the subs now. Who do you pick? Who do you put in the bench? Who do you leave out? So it's because as we now since we've went to the five subs, that's that's helped us big time. So it's. The, the first the starting eleven look after itself is who's going to miss out not even making the bench for me as well. Aye, aye, that's a fair point. I mean, the options he's got is incredible, and most it's interesting because whenever he gets interviewed or, or he's in or he's in his pressers, Angie's, um, they talk about how um, like how difficult it is to pick a team, and he's like, no, the difficulty was before when I didn't hate the options that like he's got options now, but. Uh, aye, just to say the same again, Ross. Do you think do you think there'll be any more surprises, or do you, do you think there's a pretty much settled eleven, barring one position or two? Well, see, to touch on the 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 forest surprise at the game, the game at Ibrox. I might be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? But um, I I don't think Jota was available for that game. If I remember right, I, I had, don't know had, why. Had the cold, I think he was on the bench. Aye. So there was a few, so, there was a so, flu or something going out, a bug going through the club. Aye, aye. So this is the, 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 so, so. My point is, I don't think he was then, available. Surely it was, surely it was a surprise at a bad I didn't start the head. Well, that, that's what I'm going to say. That we're talking about, we're, we're having that debate whether a bad should start. Aye. But he picks Forrest at Ibrox, and at the time before before a ball was kicked, I was quite happy because I understood why he played. He went. For Forrest because he experienced the same for the same reasons that I, I don't think Abada should start on Sunday because it, it's away from home he gets lost in that that big crowd he some it, it, it's not that he hides 
but he has not he has not he doesn't have as big an effect on the game. And I felt that Forrest's experience, it was the same reason why he brought Juranovic on instead of Bernabai. It was the experience mm-hmm. of playing in that fixture and mm-hmm. that ground. And I think that's why he went with Forrest. But I think it not also tells you. Yeah. Not only that, mate, that not only that is was Gio was that Gio in charge at the time? I mm-hmm. was that that um, surely the opposing manager would never have thought in a million years that Forrest was going to start that game either. So maybe that no, was kind of thrown in at the possibly, aye, possibly. But I, for me, just just my opinion, I think that gives you an indication of where Abada is in terms of these big games. And I know he's done it against Rangers, but it's always been at Parkhead. I think it tells you in the big games where it's not at Park, and I know. It's not Ibrox, but it's still that big game where we have not got the majority of the crowd. And at times, we're not going to have the ball all the time. I think it tells you where Abada is at this minute in terms of the team. And that Maeda and Jota are well ahead of him. They are the first They are the first choice wide men for me right now. And Abada is a, a class player. What is that, maybe? That's the thing about the squad, in the way. Like, I mean, Listen, like I said, I see if Jota was, if Jota didn't start on Sunday and Abada did, I don't think many would be too disappointed. It's just, it's just the squad that Andrew's built, is unbelievable. Aye, but just touching that comment there, Faye, I'm, I'm guessing it's a God, I forgot his name. The boy for the Celtic. What do you call him again? Who for the Celtic supporters podcast? Del boy, Del boy, God, I did. Oh, aye, 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 aye. He's saying we have got. Bring that up again. The, the comment. Aye. Bench has got eight players. Aye, I agree with that part. I agree with that part. Our our squad depth is much better than Rangers, but I don't see a. Ma- I know we're going to touch on our, our score and all that. I don't see a massacre. The Celtic fans are getting carried away. We are playing really, really well. But you've got to give the other team respect. These these are players that got to a European final last season, the most of them, right? And for the first half of the season, they were in a bit of disarray. Things weren't working out with the manager for whatever reason that were no privity. But they've got a guy that's came in that they know and he's steadied the ship for them. There's a lot of good players that can start hurt, still hurt Celtic. We have to be very careful. I don't believe for one second that it's going to be a massacre on Sunday. I, I I think that's disrespect, and I think it's I think it's naive to think that we're going to destroy them on Sunday because, in my opinion, we absolutely are not. But if I'm proved wrong, what well, the day I'm going to hear. But I think it's <laughs> going to be a lot closer than a lot of Celtic fans think. I think they've uh, got Brown Warrior said uh, Jota hasn't given Barris the same problems as Abada does. I think that's a fair point, Jed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think Abada has been, when he's destroyed Rangers, it has been at Celtic Park. Ross has made a good point. Yeah. But at the last, the 2 2 game, um, <coughs> Barda came on for Forrest in the 60th minute or something, so he's got, he had over half an hour. So he did. But can I just say one point as well? It's been bugging me for ages about how they're saying they've been, since Bills came, they've got the same number of points as Celtic. Aye. What they seem to forget is 
Celtic went to Ibrox and didn't get beat. He dropped yep. points at his own ground. So let's put it into perspective. We have we're Aye. still in a better running name. And uh, and and that, that talk in that game, um, I I think, uh, I think they Bobby. were they were. I'm not. I, I wouldn't go as far saying they were at the best, but they were at a high level, and we were we were very under par, and we still got a draw at the game. Well, like, we were all over them until Hart decided to go walk about and made the mistake <laughs> of Morelos, and that gave them they get, gave them the, the impetus to go out, and that, aye. it took us ages 100%. to recover. Aye, aye. We were cruising that game until Hart, and that's the worry. Hart does have that in him. Aye, well, you've seen it on, uh, was it Saturday? At yeah. Where he was pretty much playing quarterback and he wouldn't even get back well, in the goal. I but don't know, I think that was a heavy pass back for Starfield, to be fair. I, I think that was, was where the manager wants him to be. It was, aye, that's, that's fair. But I, I've noticed, it was, it was more about after that mistake went in, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't actually running back towards his goal. He was pressing better than Kyogo. Aye, <laughs> I know. I know he was, to be fair, right. <laughs> You just get back into the goal, but he was like, No, I've just got to press him like Kyogo. But um, I think that's a fair uh, point about um, Abad. I don't know. Do you think that Barisic would far prefer having Jota who will run at him, but he with the ball and and um, and try and get by him and, and get crosses in the box? But Abad is kind of he'll get in behind him or in front of him. We've seen him score goals in, in that position, get nipping into the back post ahead of Barisic. Do you think he'd prefer to play Jota than he would ba- than he would Abada? I, I think so because Abada's more direct. He just runs at them. Aye, and behind. That's Aye. what I'm saying. Ross, With what do you Jota, think? Do you, think? I, do you know how he would rather? Would, he would rather, I think, face Jota, but I do think Jota will will do it. Aye, Jota. I, I think. I think. I think Jota. I'll, I'll I'll run at him and 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 try and beat him. But I I I just don't think that. I don't know, Ross. Do you think? Like, I think Abad is better nipping into that back post and scoring goals. I don't think Jota's doing that. No, Jota isn't he doing that. I, I, I don't know. I can't speak for Barisic, who would prefer to play against. I, I don't think many guys would like to play against Jota. No. Abad, if he's if he's ghosting in, then I. It's. Barisic can't deal with that it's been proven on more than one occasion but me personally if I'm I'm never going to be the Celtic manager but if I'm the Celtic manager I'm no picking the team on who I think Barisic would less less likely would least like like to face I'm picking the team on who I think can do the job for us and for me, that is Jota because you've got that element of doubt. Jota's, Jota's in the game all the time. He's on the move all the time. Abada has moments. Jota, mate, has got the, the defender thinking all the time, constantly. Abada doesn't take his man on. doesn't hit the byline all the time. He does other things that are different for Jota. He, he comes inside. He gets shots off for the edge of the box when the ball breaks. But I think in a game like this in a semi-final, I think Jota offers more as an all-round constant in the team. So for me, I, th- I think Jota has to start. Abada is certainly 100% a, a brilliant option off the bench. Even if it's like 
we're sitting at 1-0, something like that, to us, obviously, um, you bring a bad on, he, he can hurt Rangers in that last half hour, 20 minutes, yep. but for me, you have to start Joa. I think he's he's just he's he's just on the move all the time. He's 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 going to occupy guys, and I think that the main reason as well that he has to start is because him and Maeda can switch. I don't Maeda and Abada wouldn't switch. That's I don't think. Gives him more to think about as well. Aye, aye, that's a fair point, mate. So that's what we're rambling on for two hours now. Let's get on yet, Jed. Go and give me what you think the starting eleven would be, or, or what your starting eleven would be. <coughs> like I, say, I say, Del, I think he's well with it. It was the, the, the clubs, obviously. <coughs> the defence picks itself: Hart, yep. Johnston, CCV, and Taylor. Midfield: McGregor, Atate, and I was saying Moy or O'Reilly. I'm going to go, go Moy. But it wouldn't surprise me if it puts O'Reilly in. Yep. I'm going to go And Jota on the right, Maeda on the left, Kyogo up front. But can I tell you guys, on the, the subs side, because I was thinking, what happens if anything goes wrong? So, Bain's obviously going to be the subkeeper. Yep. Haskabanovic, Abada, Kobayashi, Awata, Bernabe, O'Reilly, O. And it was between Ralston and Turnbull. And I would think I would go Ralston just in case we have an injury mm-hmm. to Johnson. Mm-hmm. Okay, with that. What a bench, though, eh? Tomorrow, or Sunday. And what do you think, Jed? Jed, what's, what's the score prediction? 3-1 because Rangers are getting a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> 3-1, Ross. What were you thinking? Team... It's Hart, eh, Ali, Alistair Johnson, CCB. No, no, I did. <laughs> Alistair. <laughs> eh, Alistair Johnson, eh, CCB, Starfelt, Taylor, midfield three, McGregor, Hitati. And I would play Moy because, and I've, I've heard the, the, the arguments that Jed. I think it was Jed made a good point earlier that he's he's not played the last couple of games. He might not be fully match fit. Yeah. I get that. I totally take that on board. If if he isn't fully match fit, then don't start him. But if if Armoy's fully match fit, the reason I start him is because as as good as I think O'Reilly is, I think Aaron Moy keeps the ball better than anybody in the Celtic team in terms of no running with it, but recycling it and keeping it but also right now he's more of a goal threat than O'Reilly that's that's why yeah. he gets the nod for me and then the front three I've said that enough times Maeda Kyogo and Jota on the right and my well, score I'm going to go <clears throat> and I hope it's not this by the way I hope I'm wrong because I, I don't think I could handle it but I think I'm going to go 2-1 Celtic in 90 minutes I think that um, you've both picked the same team there. I think. Mm-hmm. And you uh, yeah, mate. Have a good one. Enjoy. Um, <clears throat> I think I think I would agree with you both. To be honest with you, uh, I think like we said, I think it pretty much picks itself. I think the only two positions would be whether a bad is starting or whether O'Reilly is starting. 
I hate them all. Um, but I agree with that team. I don't think there's going to be too many surprises. I'm going to go 3-1 as well, Jed. I think that um, as much as he's like Beal's got the team playing well, um, <coughs> they're still conceding goals. All these games are 3-2s. They're winning 3-2s and coming back and all the rest of it. So, I, I, and we're attacking threat. I just can't see us no scoring goals. Uh, and, and the last time we did, not I know, I know. The bookies aren't like normally wrong, guys, and we're the favourites. Aye, aye, exactly. Jed, what are you, what are you doing for the game on Sunday? Uh, well, uh, I've never got a ticket. I hate Hamden. Uh, so, I was uh, asked to my mates, a few of the boys are going there, but I'm actually going to stay in the house and myself and my daughter Katie are season ticket holders. We're going to watch in the house, and then Brilliant. we can we can roar our heads off, or we can cry together, whatever. Aye. You know. So I'm not upsetting anybody being in my own house. <laughs> Aye. And Ross, you're going to be celebrating and, hopefully with me here. Yes. Well, I'll, I'll, either way, I'll be with you there, getting pushed. But uh, <laughs> aye, it's. I'm looking forward to it. Like we say, the, the week, the whole week's dragged <clears> in, and I, I think that's, I think that's kind of down to how we've we've touched on this podcast, the the media build up that's been <clears> kind of dragging all week and getting you up for it. Um, so I, I can't wait. I just I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I, I really aye. don't. Um, aye. Jed, thank you so much for coming thank on. You. It's been an absolute pleasure no, again. Thank you. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, we always I. Like everybody's been raving about you in the comments again, uh, like last week. We'll, we'll definitely have you on more often in the future. We really appreciate you coming on. So, uh, all the best. Hope you enjoy the game Sunday. Roscoe, I'll see you Sunday too. Mind bring your beer machine tomorrow because I need more than one. For yeah, all the boys over there. <laughs> do you need my, my speaker? I do. I do. Aye. Aye, that one didn't work, guys. So, um, if you're strong with my speaker, I've got one. Uh, it's just, see this. Um, projector I've got the, the picture's brilliant but the sound off it's no great so Ross had his speaker around the other day and it was perfect when there's when there's like 10 or 11 of us and you can't fucking especially in Ross you can he talks like fucking non-stop so you can't hear the talk answer you need a speaker but everybody's saying he's um, saying in my like, mouthpiece <laughs> enjoy enjoy guys listen whatever you're doing please stay safe enjoy the game and uh, hopefully the boys bring home another trophy for us uh, hail, hail. Thanks for staying, sticking with us tonight. Another two hour and two and a half hour job. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Cheers.